Yo. Hey, welcome to the new meta, episode 180. 180. Big one. That's the big one. You guys didn't notice there's somebody between us today. Hey, hey, hey what's up? <laughs> How you doing, White? <laughs> welcome. Thanks for agreeing to do the podcast. We've been uh, trying to get you on for many years now. Yeah, yeah, probably like, I don't know, four or five years. It's been a while. Since episode like one, that. yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's awesome. Uh, I'm glad you came on. Um, if you guys don't know, I'll do a quick intro real fast in case you haven't heard of Wyatt or you just wanted some more some more background. So um, you started off, you got your electrical engineering degree. This is a, a fact that I thought was kind of interesting, Wyatt. You got a BS in electrical engineering from Simon Fraser University. Yeah, uh, that's right. So, so you're an actual electrical engineer. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to circle back to that. That's why I bring it up. Joined okay. Blizzard North in 2003. Is that sound about right? Okay. Um, that's right. Started to work on the WoW team, if I remember correctly. Uh, I was at Blizzard North, and then when Blizzard North closed and I came down to Blizzard Irvine, uh, I worked on the WoW team at Blizzard Irvine. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, but there um, was some period of time at Blizzard North that there was like Blizzard North's version of Diablo three. Okay. Oh. You, you had your hands dirty on that too. Uh, there was there was some work on that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you worked on WoW. Uh, then you went to the D three team. Um, which, you know, I think a lot of us are pretty familiar with that, but. And then from there, you went to, uh, now you're the game director on Diablo Immortal. That's right. And yep. then the fun fact is you also taught game mechanics at Laguna College of Art and Design. I did. I did that for a few years. Um, that was really fun. Uh, I'd keep doing it, but I kind of I ran out of time. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to do again still someday. That's pretty awesome. That was a, that was like a I, I mean I didn't leave Blizzard to do that that was I was teaching a like yeah, night yeah. class after after hours yeah. yeah that's pretty awesome so did you have the so same gonna, role every all the whole, your whole time on the Diablo three team or did that change uh, it it changed over time yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean it depends I mean at Blizzard North I originally started as a tools and gameplay programmer. And then uh, when the project was rebooted in Irvine, I did uh, my official title was a technical game designer and then uh, went on to do, uh, yeah, uh, game design, system design, and then later on patch lead. Right on. Awesome. 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 So let's, I guess I'll just, I'll jump into the Diablo three since fluff already already took us there so you started your initial was uh game design you said or what what, what was your original role technical game designer technical yeah game designer? so so what did so you do tell me about mm -hmm. your role yeah in like what gosh what year was that i guess that would be like 2007 something like that i might have the year a little bit off um there were um i mean there was I guess as the game industry grows, the roles get more specialized. And, uh, you know, like way back in like the 90s, there would be 
like a bunch of artists and a bunch of programmers and they would get together and no one had a designer title that was pretty common back in the 80s and 90s if you're playing like sid meyer's civilization or something like that right it was just some people who loved making games and then as the industry gets old uh older you know or, or matures and the teams get bigger and people get more specialized and so nowadays you'll have you know game designers and then we had like technical game designers those are typically people who understand how the code and the programming of things work or understand like uh, balance and numbers more or people who focus on like systems and how the different parts of the game are interacting on the art side you see the same thing you have artists but then you also have like technical artists and vfx artists visual effects artists um, and animators you know just everyone gets more and more um, specialized um, so that people can get like really really good at some parts of the game that's awesome so so then your game design what did you do like what what was your your you know, give me give me the typical, you know, day in <laughs> like, life like of for Wyatt. Diablo three. Yeah, for Diablo three. Like, what did you like? You know, tell me. Like, you woke up, you, you rolled into Blizzard, and then you're working on. Like, what were you working on? What were you doing? I was working. Uh, so one of the first things I did, we looked at how how does the character respond to like mouse clicks. So there's like. Um, I don't know if you ever really thought about it, but like when you click on 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 an area in the ground, for example, yeah. you have to. This is going to sound. Is it okay if I nerd out a little no, bit? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how specific you yeah, guys want to totally. be. Yeah, no. But like, even if you click your mouse, you assume, hey, I'm going to click on the ground, and that's where my feet should go, presumably. Yeah. But sometimes you don't actually think that's where your feet should go. Like the person's perception might be that's where my like the center point of my character will be and so that means that your feet are actually offset by that amount um, most most games will just do where you click is where your feet go but that actually kind of changes a bit if you're like shooting a projectile and so if you watch like um if you think about like the geometry of the camera and angle of everything if i'm going to shoot a bow the bow is actually being the, the arrow is actually traveling like four feet off the ground and right. so you have to uh, draw like a ray from the camera to the ground, extrapolate the height of a monster that would be standing at the place that you clicked and offset the projectile by that amount. So there's like a, little, there's a bunch of like noodly stuff like that that needs to be done to, to make uh, like an isometric game work correctly. And, and there's like hundreds of little things like that. There's like what happens during the like 100 milliseconds of latency between the start of the animation and the time that the animation actually makes contact with the enemy. There's um, uh, that, that, that's like really detailed stuff. There's like uh, uh, how, how long after the start of an animation can I cancel the attack? So, so if I, again, this gets super nerdy. Um, if I click on an enemy to a swing, right? And you, you imagine mm -hmm. that the, the barbarian, let's say you're playing a barbarian and you're swinging your weapon. There's like a third of a second before the weapon actually makes contact with the monster, but people are clicking super fast. And so you actually have to ignore all the other clicks that the player is making because you don't want to interrupt someone right. in the middle of a swing or he starts stepping and never actually gets the attack yeah yeah exactly exactly so then there's like a bunch of logic to say okay well you want to be able to stutter step but you don't want to have a case where someone like starts swinging interrupts after the contact frame that does damage 
uh, moves for one frame and then attacks again and starts the attack animation because then that could actually be a DPS increase, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, because yeah. you like canceled yeah. your own animation. So you have to like track how long the animation should have taken and force that the player can only do movement until the time that the animation would have taken to complete. So anyway, that's... I don't know. We're like, what, like three minutes into the podcast and I'm like nerding out about like animation frames. No, that's but interesting, I, man. It all yeah. makes sense though. You it's know, interesting like, how those a, things come back up to like, you look at some like furious charge, you could like animation cancel and just exploit the crap mm -hmm. out of it. <laughs> yeah. Charging. Yeah. Cool yeah. Cancel it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we first designed furious charge, it wasn't really designed as something that you use 15 times in a row. It wasn't until the legendary items came later and yeah. then people got a lot of, you know, attack speed and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, I did a bunch of that. I also did, um, you know, monster spawning, how do we spawn areas, monster behaviors, player skills, um, uh, inventory, loot dropping, loot systems, all that stuff. I touched, I touched a lot of different parts of the game. Um, and, and it's all a team. So like, like, I guess I should be really clear. Uh, everything at Blizzard on a game like Diablo is done as a team. So I am one yeah. of many people working on all yeah, of you these didn't different things. Design all those systems. Yeah. Totally right. 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 Did you yeah. work on this? Is uh, like out there. Did you ever work on the like? It was like the like the old charm system for D three. I did. Okay. Yeah. Can yeah. You, yeah. Did you? Do you? Do you? Uh, I don't know how much you know about that, but a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you can elaborate on what could have happened in D three. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was. Uh, so in Diablo two, there's charms, right? Yeah, yeah. And in Diablo two, the the charms actually the charms. Uh, yeah, they could be uh, one by one, one by two, or one by three in your inventory. And uh, you know, some people are like, "Oh, charms are less like brilliant design." Because it, you know, forces you to make tough choices about how much inventory space you have versus how much power you want from charms. Um, and other people are like, oh, what are you talking about? That's terrible. Like, I, I, why do I want my inventory to be full of charms? Yeah. Um, and so we thought, okay, well, for Diablo 3, let's carry forward this idea of charms, but let's um, allow the player to have a dedicated space to hold their charms. And so we designed what was called the Talisman, which was a place that would hold nine uh objects um that would have charm like properties um but then we were like oh well this should be a little bit more interesting you know people start to geek out they're like hey what if the charms were different colors what if they could fit into different shapes what if what if the configuration what if what if they like buff their neighbors what if they had like rules like you know plus two percent movement speed when placed to the left of a blue well, charm whatever like that means you yeah. know yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. Tetris, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so we we actually played around with that for like years um and it wasn't until uh like the last three or four years of development i don't know exactly when but it just it just wasn't coming together mm. and um i think the reason it wasn't coming together is um, so I actually described this during the, um, uh, 10th anniversary. I, I like answered a bunch of questions on, on Twitter last week and, and someone had asked about that. Um, so I'm trying to remember, um, the details that I gave there. Um, and maybe, I mean, better if I could inject some, some new information here, but, um, sometimes manipulating a bunch of stats on items is a little mathy. 
Um, that's what we just, I mean, that's kind of a slang term. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, there's probably a right answer. I just have to move things around until they mathematically make the best possible result. And that's not really always fun. And sometimes, you know, you just end up copy pasting the stats of all your charms and throwing them into a website and the website does the, the calculation for you. And that's we didn't really want to have a system like that. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and, and so we, we wound up, we wound up removing it. Um, it, it, it was adding a lot of uh, complexity without adding uh, the depth that we wanted. Yeah. When you, when you design, decide, uh, can't talk to the, decide to remove a feature, right? Like you've, you've got years of development in that charms feature. It sounded like, right? Yeah. So when you, when you decide to get rid of that, how's that process? Like for somebody that's not in the gaming scene and just, I always want to be like a fly on the wall. Like, how does that go down? You know, like one day somebody wakes up and says, yeah, we're killing it. Or is it like collectively, like, how does that, how does that happen? Um, so that, so every decision is different. Um, mm-hmm. that particular decision was when, uh, four of the system designers got together and we basically, we, it was an unrelated conversation. It was, it was sort of, uh, we were talking about some other game and I don't remember what it was. And we were commenting, wow, like games just keep growing in complexity and it's really easy to add systems, but it's really hard to remove them. Because, you know, every time you remove a system, um, people who love that system uh, kind of complain, right? They're like, oh, mm-hmm. you, t- you took away something I really like. So, but making a sequel is really hard um, because when you make a sequel, it's like, well, which systems do you bring forward and which systems do you not? You can't bring forward everything because, you know, you get to like Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is not going to have every single system of every Diablo game before it. You have to make a judgment call of like, what's important to retain and what's, what, what can you innovate on? And uh, so we just kind of had this conversation and then we kind of just said, hey, I have an idea. Why don't we look at all the systems that we currently have in Diablo 3 that we just copied over from Diablo 2 and make a decision, is this something that we would have done if we were building the game up from scratch and weren't you know just trying to match feature parity with a previous game? And we kept almost everything at that point that we had, but charms kind of stuck out as, I don't know if we would have like voluntarily come up with a, you know, nine space charm grid that holds minor attribute powers with a color symbol matching game had we not been trying to carry forward a system from Diablo 2. It's funny too, because like we saw like Grim Dawn, I think even last Epoch kind of picked up that same idea where you had like a very specialized uh, charm bag. I wonder if like, so that code surely exists on GitHub somewhere. Can we have Frankie just make that like a seasonal theme or? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I want to be clear. I don't. Right. Yeah. I, I want to be really clear that I don't have any problem <laughs> with having a charm system in the game. Right. So I'm not trying yeah, to like sure. bag on that. Uh, I'm just saying that like, uh, games grow in complexity over time and that's okay and as as your player base gets more sophisticated and understands your game more they look for more and so i totally think diablo 3 could have brought a charm game in as like a post-launch feature 
but it didn't make sense for a launch game where you don't want like just this like absurd complexity level on day one. Yeah. I talking about day one. You remember day one? <laughs> oh, man, I feel like I set myself up for that one. <laughs> I I was gonna get to this I, I one to. way or the other way. It was just perfect. Okay. You, you set me oh, up. You yeah. teed me up. You teed me up. You've got it like on the side. Like things we're gonna hit Wyatt about. Yeah. Boom. So day so one. like no, I want to talk about this. Like I I remember. I, I honestly can't remember the error code. Th error code thirty something. Thirty nine. Thirty seven. I'm thirty. Yeah. I'm thir sure you know. So yeah. So thirty seven. So. Tell me about, tell me about launch, but not just launch day and the bad stuff. Tell me about all of it. Like, you know, the week, like building up to it, like, you know, how hype was it? And then it launched and obviously error code 37, but then once you got it going, like how, how was it? Like, give me, give me like, what do you remember about launch? So I, one thing I'll say is that like error code 37, I don't even remember, I don't personally know what it represented. Mm. Um, you would have to ask one of the engineers that. And I think that afterwards, there was a lot of internal discussion, like, why do we use error code numbers? Like, like there's this whole, like, like, couldn't we have, like, explained to the user why that happens? And there, there is, there's like a bunch of reasons why we use error code numbers and stuff like that. But uh, I think, I think 37's actually been permanently banned as an error code number at Blizzard now. <laughs> um, but like, apart from that, I mean, I, I think shipping a game is really exciting. Like the whole team gets just super, super stoked. I mean, you've been working on it every day. I mean, if you kind of imagine as, as like a player or a fan, like for a game that you're looking forward to, like you get all excited and you're counting down the days. And this is just people who want to play a game, not people who've spent, you know, every waking minute, you know, working on the game for the last few years. So you can kind of imagine how hype and excited uh, the team would be as well. Um, yeah. And so... When the game actually comes out, um, we have a, a launch celebration. Um, back in back in Diablo 3's release, we were still doing midnight signings, if I remember correctly. That's awesome. Um, I mean, WoW was doing that for a while. I don't know if you ever done like a midnight release for World of Warcraft. I, I, I did actually. WoW. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get to like. Obviously, I don't live in Irvine, so I didn't get to go meet any of the dev team. But I did. Um, they they launched, and you. Back when TBC and, and Wrath, you actually had to have a physical box. You you still couldn't download. I don't think at that point or digitally buy it. Yeah. So yeah, you I, had I to have a box. Wait, yeah, I remember waiting at midnight at GameStop or whatever it was to go buy my copy, and we we're you know nerding out to the people in the line in front of me. Like I don't know them, never talked to them before. We're talking about you know our classic kills and stuff. So yeah, holy thing. Yeah, totally. And then and then a little bit later, there's that like awkward transition moment where you can get the game online, but you can also get it in a box. And then the people who want to go to a midnight signing are actually the last ones to get online because everyone yeah. off at midnight right. is just <laughs> zoning through. And you have to like decide whether you want to be at a midnight launch with other people or actually playing the game. Right. But uh, Diablo 3, uh, man, you know, my my... my my memory, I, sometimes I get the launches of different games confused, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that had a launch at the local uh, shopping center. Uh, it's called the Irvine Spectrum, and it's just down the road from, from Blizzard. And we had actually arranged with like the GameStop there um, to have a whole bunch of tables set up, and the whole team 
would sit at the tables. And if you bought a copy of the game, you could have it signed by the development team. And so like that night, and I think we did it early, like 9 p.m. or something like that. I don't remember. Or maybe it was midnight. Yeah. And so, yes, it was midnight because we were there until like 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah, I remember that. And people would buy their copy of the game and then come through the line and get it signed. And so that that's what I was doing on on launch night. And then you go back and 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 play. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um do you, Did you have play any... on launch night? Oh yeah. 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 Well I think we yeah. tried. It maybe Air Club 37. Launch weekend, yes. <laughs> yeah, we play, I definitely played as soon as I was able to. Yes. I don't remember. As soon as they exactly came online. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. and then Got to Act Two and you know had an act, unfortunate act two Inferno. Yep. Yeah, those bugs, man. Great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that spit the the yellow. Yep. The yellow bugs, bugs um, shooting bugs. So can do, we do have any? Yeah, but, can we talk about like the auction house? Like, what do you remember? Like the idea behind it and and why it, they maybe thought it was going to be this great feature. And then, yeah. you know, maybe why it ultimately failed. Um, the auction house we thought was going to be a great feature because in Diablo 2, I remember, like, I remember playing Diablo 2. And if you wanted to trade items, you were either going to external websites or you were hanging out in a trade chat channel. Um, and you were just like spamming and there's all this like terminology, like you, you didn't have item linking. Um, you had to like describe the item, uh, you, um, then you'd get into a game and then, and then, and then people get scammed because like, I guess, you know, it's just it, the, the trade confirmation wasn't as good. Uh, world of Warcraft fixed a lot of this, by the way. I mean, world of Warcraft added item linking and also added like double confirmation where one person swaps an item, but like there were all sorts of like trade tricks that people use to fool each other like swapping the item at the last minute before someone hits confirm on the trade window and stuff like that and you know game developers have gotten a lot smarter trying to like build in protections against that like you know if you change one of the items it like disables both and holds for five seconds before you can hit the trade button again and you have to like mouse over the item to look at it and confirm and stuff I like got, that but like diablo 2 did while that way once like I, you I, did I, in vanilla i got scammed somebody stole an item with the swap technique like they timed it perfect they swap it right as you hit trade and mm -hmm, uh, i'm still mm -hmm. salty to this day i'm still salty about <laughs> yeah. it yeah so so that so the thinking behind the auction house was wow this trade experience is miserable let's add something to make that better let's let's support that firsthand and then as for why it didn't work out um there's a bunch of reasons, sure. um, but probably the biggest is that it circumvented the main reward path. Main point of Diablo is go out, kill a bunch of monsters, get some loot. That loot makes you stronger, and now you want to go and kill more monsters. And if the best way to get loot is to go to the auction house instead, uh, well, then why am I killing monsters right it just it kind of like that's no longer this like activity that you're you're doing to grow in power over time so was there no middle ground that was discussed you know between where d3 is at now where it's like you know virtually no trading whatsoever and the trading auction house which is like everything was there like any yeah. middle thing discussed or 
there there was middle ground discussed um and in fact we experimented with some middle ground um so i think we were just like three weeks into diablo 3 and i know it it took a while for us to remove the auction house and that's like a story in itself because there's all sorts (laughs) of complexity involved in actually phasing it out um one of the reasons, by the way, which, oh gosh, I don't know if the legal department is okay with me saying, I'm just going to say it, doesn't matter, is that it actually says on the box, has an auction house, mm. right? And so if one month after the game comes out, there's no more auction house, then it's no longer, uh, like there's like a truth in advertising that if you say your game has a feature, you yeah. have to have the feature. And you couldn't have someone go to GameStop four months after release. It says it has an auction house. And then we say, nope, auction house is gone. And so like, like that was kind of a thing. And and we actually talked about, wow, do we, do we recall all these boxes and like put (laughs) stickers on them and say, you know, the L3 does not have an, no, we're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. And, And I'm glad that, that we were able to say, so they basically said, Hey, look, like games change over time. It's totally fine. You can remove it, you know, X months later or for the expansion, Reaper of Souls, stuff like that. That was their their advice. And so so that's what we did. So like that was one reason why like like we started to see problems with the auction house, you know, pretty early on. And and here's the thing, even if we could, I don't know that we would have. Mm. Because like I said, like some people didn't like it, some people loved it right? And it's not clear. And you're trying to sort out and we didn't have like, I don't know, just the sophistication of surveys and data that companies have, you know, um, nowadays, where like, you just have voices on forums, right? Like, and and Reddit, like, and, and, and you know how Reddit is like, there's just, you know, like, it's just, it's just voices of, of certain like people. Mm-hmm. And so, it wasn't clear what percentage of people loved the auction house and what percentage of people were being harmed by it. And so we had to, to make a, a big decision like that really carefully. Uh, so one of the experiments that we ran was uh, an Archon set. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there were four crafting recipes that were added in like, I don't know, 1.03 or something like that. I don't remember what how we numbered patches. But there was a patch that added like Archon braces, Archon belt, Archon, I don't know, there were gloves, there were four items. And you needed um, crafting material. One of them was a predecessor to Death's Breath, if it wasn't called Death's Breath, I don't even remember. Andrew Chambers added this. And and the idea was, let's add something. It was level 63 gear. The stats were really good, and, and it was bound. There was no way to trade it. And so we could figure out, does this make the game more fun to have four item slots that you had to find yourself? And we let that run for a few months and we said, yes, <laughs> yes, it does. It does make the game more fun. Let's, let's, let's take it all the way. Um, I, I guess you were also asking, is, is there a middle ground? I, I think there could be a middle ground. Um, I think that you, you don't, we didn't have that many shots on goal, so to speak. You know, we had the Archon recipe and then we had to make a decision for Reaper of Souls. And I think just because of the controversy or the 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 mixed feelings on the auction house, 
We said, you know, the safest thing to do, because we know finding an item yourself works, and because if we're wrong, like it's almost like, what is the cost of doing it one way? What is the cost and risk of doing it another? We're like, you know what? Find your own items, but let's retain trade if you are in the same game together. And that mm-hmm. was kind of the middle ground that we had. Um, and that, that's one, what's maybe in an alternate universe, we would have been more conservative. And in some other alternate universe, we would have been slightly looser. Yep. Makes sense. I, you know, I was yeah, quite yeah. happy with how it ended because I, I'm, I, I was with the crowd that was like, I don't want, I spent all my time in the auction house. Like I barely play in the game and the, like, that's yeah. not what I signed up for at all. <laughs> I, d- oh, I did yeah. that too, and it's not really what I wanted to do. It just yeah. became more efficient. It yeah. was like I can play the auction house, I can I can find deals, sell the deals, make gold, buy better deals, and before I had I had a full set of gear and didn't even play the game. You know, like oh, yeah. Cool. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with how much friction there is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look back at like the whole experience in Diablo two that I described. Um, if you just kind of abstracted it and said trading in Diablo 2 had a ton of friction, right? Third-party website, no links, trade. Auction House removed all of that friction. That makes it too easy. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to have trade if there's just a lot of friction? Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I'm not against it, though, in its entirety. I think the Auction House works extremely well in World of Warcraft, and I think it works... Um, and trade league in general in PoE is fun for me. Like I know Fluff hates it. Disagree. He's SSF <laughs> to the core. But for me personally, when I played PoE, I almost had as much fun playing the trade portion of PoE as I did actually playing the game. So uh, I can yeah, definitely well, see the draw there. So usually when I when I play PoE, I usually start the league. Um, I, I don't usually sign up for like a solo self found flag. I usually start, but I I, I play like a solo mm-hmm. self found. And I just do that until I'm like, I think I'm getting near the end of this league for myself. And then I'll start trading. And it's almost like it gives me like a, a second Take engagement, a okay. you know, bump. yeah. And then I go, okay, I'll trade a bunch with all the currency I've got. Okay. Okay. That's good. You know? Yeah. But the fact that PeeWee still stays with like this cryptic <laughs> trading system from like Diablo 2. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God. The trading systems from Atari, man. When you right. talking about? Huh? <laughs> Anyways, um, oh, so let we. I kind of skipped one thing that I wanted to ask. Is there any? It, this is this is super, like, kind of abstract up to you. So if you don't have a great answer off the top of your head, you can skip. We'll come back if you think of something. Okay. But is there any story from development that jumps out to you? Is there like a? This would be a cool story to share on the pod like do you have any development story from diablo 3 or it can be anywhere it could be a different game for that matter but um and then to piggyback kind of into that too i don't know if you could talk are there any classes that you guys tested internally for d3 that didn't make the cut can you talk about that if if not i understand as well but um what you ask but have you ever wondered why uh like a diablo uh is do we use yards doesn't look like a yard like if you actually like like skills will say oh it's 30 yards you're like what are you talking about like is the barbarian like 15 yards tall or something (laughs) like have you ever wondered that yeah (laughs) yeah 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 so 
So I don't know. Uh, so I guess that's not really like us. This is this is like it, it, a lot has to do with the history of the game. So the game originally was being made at Blizzard North, as I mentioned. And when we were making Diablo three at Blizzard North, we had a class that was called the Slayer. Mm. And the Slayer was kind of barbarian like. But like the thought at the time was, hey, you know, Diablo two doesn't really copy classes from Diablo one. It kind of like introduces a bunch of new classes. And so we thought, okay, well, for Diablo three, we're going to have all new classes. None of the classes will be the same. And uh, then when, you know, Diablo three stopped development at Blizzard North, we came down to Irvine and we rebooted the project. And Jay Wilson, you know, came in as the game director and he looked at this and goes, why are you guys calling it the Slayer? That's a barbarian. And we're like, ah, yeah, but like it's new and it's got like a slightly vibe and he's wearing more shirt, you know, more clothing and stuff like that. And he was like, nope, nope, that's going to be the barbarian. Um, and so we basically like the artist started to like tweak the model to make it more of the barbarian, except the, the height was all off because the, I guess I can't remember if the uh, Slayer was just like, monstrously short or tall or whatever but then um uh like the whole game at the time was built on on uh feet feet meters okay meters i can't remember okay i am butchering this story <laughs> but we basically scaled the barbarian by by with a slayer by 1.3 like 30 percent bigger and said that's the barbarian that's what feels right it looks good on the screen it looks good compared to the height of everybody else yeah anyway oh yeah it must have been feet because then you fast forward later on like way in the future and we get to localization and we have to localize the game mm. into all these different languages and we realize that the united states is the only place that uses feet, right? Yeah. And everyone else uses meters. And we're like, oh no, we made this whole game in like feet. And the feet weren't even real feet. They were like distorted feet because they were like <laughs> 1.3 scale off of regular feet because everything then got built off of the Slayer who then became the Barbarian. So, uh, so now everything's like 30% off of one foot. And, and, and in order to localize correctly, we'd have to like detect what language or what country you're in, mm. what unit of measurement they have, and then convert all the tool tips. And we're like, we're not doing that. From now on, we're calling these yards. A yard is about a meter. <laughs> and <there's> something <laughs> that used to be a foot is now a yard. And that's why it makes no sense is because it's like, if, if you take every single unit of measurement in Diablo 3 and think of it as 30% more than a foot, then everything kind of makes sense. There you go insider knowledge somebody's gonna have have like skilled layovers for that now so like oh hey look this is exactly how far this reaches so we uh yeah it it, it i'm i'm simplifying the story and i don't want anyone to throw shade at our artists or our our programmers or anything i was just uh, this is sometimes just you have like a huge amount of art assets so Hopefully nobody yells at me. Everyone was working really hard. So, to, so to did the, the, the version of D three we have today did it stem from work that started at Blizzard North? It was it was it actually like we brought that code back and, and started working on it, or was it started from scratch? Uh, uh, let me give. Uh, I, I guess I'll give two answers. Um, you got? Do you guys? You guys both code some, right? Like you guys know uh, the not much, program. very very little. I do okay. a lot. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, the thing about code is it can change, right? So yes, it started from the same code base, but I don't want to minimize how much it changed after it, you know, came to Blizzard Irvine. And so, you know, code after five, yeah. 10 years doesn't look like it originally did necessarily. Um, yeah. And so, so, so yes, but with a lot of changes. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah, I remember seeing like original images of like the Blizzard North D3. It was like, it looked totally it looked like foreign. It looked it looked pretty bad, yeah. honestly. Like from a <laughs> from a graphical standpoint, you know. But it could it was probably early on. But I'm just thinking like what we yeah. got looks way better than what I saw in those images. You know. I you think know? Uh, we. I mean, there were some shots of um, of uh, heaven. You know, one part that that really uh, made it through. There was an artist, an environment, a phenomenal environment artist named Oscar who made a Rackus Crossing. And that Rackus Crossing, uh, the original kind of like starting point of Rackus Crossing was was made at Blizzard North by him. Um, and then we kind of brought that forward into into Diablo 3. Do you remember the, like, that shipped. the maybe the original conversation or some talking points about when the decision was made to kind of lean towards the more like cartoony than the dark in D3? Or was that kind of predated you, or was that not a conversation you were in? Um, the uh, decision to make uh, Diablo three. So, so I, I think. Okay, so first, I'm going to kind of say sometimes people use cartoony yeah, yeah, as yeah. a derogatory term. Sure. So I, I have to like kind of like like stop you right there. More G-rated, hey, I guess. Kind of using it as a derogatory term okay. there. Uh, the look of the game was established by the uh, by the art director. Um, we had a couple different art directors um, who um, helped to establish the look of the game. And um, honestly, I think a lot of it comes from uh, kind of like two places. One is this sense um, that it's okay. Uh, th this is this is what. Um, uh, Jay used to say a lot at the time is, is, you know, the world should have some places of beauty in it because that gives you a sense that there's something worth fighting for. Um, he would always use the example of the Lord of the Rings and he says, the Lord of the Rings at the end, you go to Mordor, but it starts in the Shire mm. and it starts in the Shire to establish that there is this like beautiful, peaceful place with people that you're fighting to protect, and and then and then you go to Mordor, and um, so so that's part of it. And then another part is also honestly just combat readability. I think there was just a, a desire to say, hey, we're going to have a lot of visual effects. Let's make sure that those visual effects read really well. Um, let's work on an art style that we believe does that now are there other art styles that'll read really well probably um and that was that was the approach that the art team took right on okay. i'm gonna we'll jump off d3 in, in a little bit like i feel like we could spend the whole pod talking <laughs> on d3 but well i know you guys um, both play a bunch of d3 i mean i play a lot of d3 too don't get me wrong i mean i played almost every season of diablo 3 um it, I I still enjoy the game a lot yeah. as as a player. Launch weekend still a good time. Yeah, you know. So, uh, 
when you guys were designing D3, and I, I actually read some of this on was answered in your Twitter question stuff that you did for the 10th anniversary, but I kind of want to rehash really quickly. Wait, you designed D3 as a box game. Yeah. That, that's how you guys initially designed it, right? And yes. Then, and then it actually shipped before you decided to make it a live service, before it was like, okay, this is live. Like, when... When did that happen? Like when did was when did you guys start having conversations and realize we don't want this to be a box game? Or it's not, I, I guess. I don't know that there's a single point in time where I could say that it was like a conscious decision. Um I mean this is like 2012, right? So like yeah. like it was a different world, you know? Yeah. Uh yeah. In 2012, there were plenty of, of box games still. The number of games that would think of as like just like those constantly updated live games um, just many. weren't weren't as common. No, not in 2012. Um, and so I think you know we we in, we always intended it for it to be a box game, and uh, it, it was just sort of like, I guess the expectations of the players were like, Hey, we want, you know, cool content updates. And we go, okay, we'll make a cool content update. But at no point in time, did we ever know how long we were going to be making these content updates for, you know, um, I'll give you an example. Um, when we first did, um, season journey. Okay. So season journey had uh you know a bunch of steps and when we sat down you know the uh the engineers said well how many seasons are you going to have and we said oh it's going to be it's going to be infinite we're just going to keep adding seasons forever and they yeah. said mm, our we can't we can't just make the table infinite like there has to be like portrait frames and you know the cosmetic pet and you have to populate this table and how many do you want us to do and we said um 12 let's do 12 that's 12 seasons that'll be good for three four years depending on how long the seasons are by the way we didn't even know how long the seasons were going to be back then right like <laughs> right, yeah i mean nowadays we're like oh yeah about three or four months but then back then like there was a season that was like two yeah. months once mm -hmm. and yeah. then there was another one that was like four and a half or five or even yeah. six i don't remember but like we didn't even know how long seasons were supposed to be and so we just got okay yeah 12 and they said okay and then what happens after 12 are there no more seasons and we're like no then in 12 seasons, we'll add 12 more because that's what players want. And, you know, they're like, no, because we don't like this is not a live service game. This is a box product game. We can't assume that there'll still be 12 more seasons, you know, more seasons after the first 12. So he said, we're going to code it so that season 13 goes back to season one and it just repeats. And so, and, 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 and like, they're just like, you know, they're saying, Hey, you know, we don't, you know, we're going to write it this way because, you know, uh, there's just like, still, we still didn't know, are we supporting this ongoing or is this a box product game? And we're just making content and, and trying to do this. And then of course, you know, we get to season 12 and we're like, no, we're totally going to make more. So like, okay, great. Add 12 more. We're going to 24. And after 24, it's like, Hey, yeah. Like, you know, Frankie and company, they're like, this is going to go forever. And sure enough, you know, uh, you know, we, we are always providing content, but um, I don't know that there was a single point where we just kind of like made that decision. This is going, you know, on and on.
Fun, fun fact. Did you know, and you probably do know this, but did you know that 65 million copies of D3 have been sold? <laughs> 65 uh, million. That's crazy. That, that's good. Uh, uh, Okay, so you, fun fact, I, I, I am like your familiar with that. Right? Here's the real number. Tell me. Well, well, uh, uh, it is 65 million people who have played. Oh, and it's not the number of copies. It, it's really close to the number of copies. Um, in in some areas or regions, um, like for example, in in China, we released it as a uh, free game with uh, Reaper of Souls as um, an add-on purchase. Mm-hmm. And so, so like, 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 basically, we count differently based on the region, but okay. it's sixty-five million people. That's craziness. Yeah, that's it, a lot. It's big game. That's a lot, man. Big game. So, yeah, yeah that, I mean, it's at the top. It's at the top of of the echelon for for all time sales. I think. Like, I, I was looking at you know, I I don't know how accurate they are, but I was looking at wiki of like all time ranking get in this like tops top of the list. You know, I um. I was a little surprised too. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I was like, that's pretty cool, man. To, to have your like, name. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it is, it is cool. It's, it's, it's really humbling. Yeah. I think the top one is like the Sims or something, right? Or, or mine, like, yeah. I mean, it's to be counted in, in that. Well, I think, group. I think that like one of the, it was like one of the uh, Mario or, or the Wii sports game or something because they sold mm. okay. so many yeah, copies of Wii. Yeah. Because they sold, you know, every Wii came with a Wii sports. So it's kind of like a little asterisk next to it, like on why it sold so many. But um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool, man. Pretty cool. I want to cool. again. I could talk D three. Maybe we'll circle back around if we have time. At we'll the end circle of the back around. But um, let's jump into. Uh, there's a game called Diablo Immortal. I don't know if anybody here's heard of it before, but um, <laughs> we've all heard of, heard of it. Thing. You've heard of it? You've nice. heard of it? It's good. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That'll make this next conversation topic easier. Yeah. <laughs> a week from today, Wyatt, a week from today, you're, yeah. uh, you are the game director, man. This is your baby. This is your thing. It so, is. Yeah. Yeah. You guys heard of it? Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. I think, I think BlizzCon 18, I was there when it was announced. It was a pretty cool. Yeah. Were you there? You did a good job. Yeah. yeah. You, I, was there. I, I was there. Peach all right, let's, let's just all right, get it out. Let's just get it over with, okay? So BlizzCon 18, we fly down, uh, and you know they do a Q and A. Fluff gets on stage. Fluff grabs the mic. I was behind Fluff, and then after his reaction, I left. He he asked, "Who sat down?" You're like, "Nope." I did. I I, I left. Uh, <laughs> Fluff asked if the game was gonna. Strictly mobile. What did you? What did you, do you know? Word for word, what you said. Of I'm sure you do. Okay. Any what did, plans to make quote. this playable on PC, or is this strictly mobile forever? What I asked. Okay. And wow. then that led you to that led to the infamous. Do you not have phones clips? Yes. So, um, let's let's just. Yeah, let's talk we're, about we're it. We're gonna go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Is, this is this is where you ask Fluff how that was for him, right? Yeah, Fluff. How did that? How did that work out? You know, it, everybody it like, hates you now. And, <laughs> yeah, there was yeah, a lot yeah. of it wasn't like necessarily backlash, but I think a lot of people took it pretty negatively, even though my intention was just like, you know, I came as a PC player. This is the first convention I ever went to in my life. And I'm like, OK, cool. You know, I'm, I'm a Diablo fan and we're getting some new Diablo stuff. And then they announced, you know, a mobile game. I was like, well, I mean, surely like 
it'll be playable on PC because like this is BlizzCon. And so I just asked my question and I think, yeah, there was like a lot of like good feedback and, you know, but for the most part, I think most people took it pretty negatively, um, which, you know. For what it's worth, um, I, I can tell you that I did not take your question negatively at all. Um, I thought your question was totally reasonable, totally legit. Like, I think that's a totally fair question. Like, hey, is this going to be on PC? I, I think when people think of negativity, honestly, I uh, either they think negatively of, of how I reacted, um, which I, I guess I was not prepared for the reaction that we got. And, you know, like sometimes when you're like kind of like, stressed or tense a little bit you kind of try to like crack a little joke but like yeah people people don't want to hear humor um at a time like that right, right? like <laughs> like like yeah. if someone comes up to you and says uh hey i just i just ran over your your dog or something like that like that's not the time to crack a joke um even though you know it's it it was it was yeah it, it was it was it was not good um, but you know, I, here I am sitting on, on camera and I'm like, kind of like awkward. Um, <laughs> the other hard thing, and I think this is kind of, oh, by the way, I should, I should add, I've been meaning to tell you this for a while that I recognize that there was nothing wrong with what you said. I think you get confused with, uh, someone who came after the other you. question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like. I knew that we were making Diablo two resurrected. And I knew that we were making Diablo 4. Um, but the players didn't know. Right. And yeah. do you guys remember there was like a bunch of messages that we were putting out beforehand? Yep. Where it was like, we know what you're probably expecting, right. but it's not what you think it's going to be or whatever like that. Yeah. And that was like our way of trying to say like, I th we think that you are looking for a D4 announce, but... It's not, but then somebody like, oh, I, I think guess it was, that means we're getting D2R or something, right? I think there was some mixed messaging that came out. Me as as an attendee and a content creator at the time, like I was, you know, heavily in the content creation. I think there was some mixed signaling that went on. Uh, and then uh, Nevelis, this at the time was the community manager and, sh and she had, you know, I'm sure was instructed to or worked with people to put out messaging that it kind of set up like, hey, you know, the fires are forged, are burning hot. We have stuff to announce at BlizzCon. And I think if it wasn't intended to announce D2R or D4 at BlizzCon 18, the messaging was off point. And I think that maybe those signals got read right before BlizzCon. And you're like, oh, hold on. You know, uh, we, this is what you guys think. And that's not what we meant to make you think. So uh, I, I do think that some of that happened at BlizzCon as well, which led to the audience's reaction, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think with hindsight, um, you're totally right. Like, like looking back with hindsight, like yeah. we, we, we could have been more clear. <clears throat> um, and then the other thing I think is, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's really hard to truly understand what people are expecting when like, we know that D2R is coming. We know that D4 is coming. And we also know, that we really want Diablo Immortal to be a great game, right? And so, like, we also know that this is an ambitious game that we think is going to be amazing and players are going to love. Um, and I think you fast forward, right? 
and D2R is out, D4 is coming, uh, people have played Immortal and, and, and said, oh, this is an amazing game. And now people are like, oh, okay, that's cool. But it's just, it's like, it's almost like now that people have the same context that we had back then, they're like, oh, I can get it. But we should have acted better knowing that players didn't have the context that we have. Yeah, I, I think it changes everything, having the context, right? If that Immortal announcement was that was following the, the trails of D2R or a D4, I think the reception's 180 degrees, you know? Yeah. So, Or even I, yeah. if you just said yes to my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, at the time, there was no intention to make a PC client. <laughs> uh, believe me, I would have loved if it was different. You know, no, I, I'm start, I'm starting to like kind of take credit for these things, Wyatt, because I'm like, I, I send him Wyatt, you gotta add controller support to DI. <laughs> and then sure enough, like boom. Hey, hey peach out. Here's controller support for you, bud. I'm like, thanks, man. And then it's like, hey, Wyatt, I, I'm emulating on Blue Stacks. This sucks. Oh, here you go. How's the PC port? I'm like, it is actually comical thanks. how many people have personally reached out to me thanking me that it's coming out. Diablo Mortal's coming out on PC, and I'm like, I had nothing to do with it whatsoever. <laughs> is, but. That, is that more or less than the number of people who think that you nerfed, nerfed Barbarian? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. I think more. I think more. <laughs> I'll take it. Are you coming out ahead? Yeah. <laughs> you did get Barbarian nerfed, though. I was oh, yeah, there. totally, totally. For sure. Totally there. <laughs> but I do oh, love that awesome. you, I mean, and all... A lot of other companies or a lot of other people would have been like, it's not something we're currently planning, but like we'll look into it or something like that. But you were just like flat out like, no, we're not we're not gonna release it for PC. So uh power to you for being truthful. Or yeah, I mean, uh thanks. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like like so, good for you for being honest. Yeah, like, I mean like yeah, yeah. as a corporation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should be honest yeah that, that should be that, that's like table stakes right exactly you got a week until di launches so it's yeah. exactly a week from today the, the day we're recording this pod um how excited are you man you've been working on this for a long time like what yeah can you can you say when you started like how long how long have you been doing this i know you announced it in 18 so yeah so we were working on it, um, you know, before the announcement, obviously it was, you know, um, some people like, I, so, so even at the announcement, there were lots of people who, um, said that they wanted that game out, right? There were lots of people who were excited. I get messages all the time saying, Hey, we know the announcement didn't go the way that you wanted, but I want you to know I'm super excited for this game. Please release it. And so for those people, they've been waiting for, you know, four years now and and we're here um i'm super excited the team's really excited um gosh i mean what what's what's there to say um i i've been like planning out what class i'm gonna play do you guys know what class you're gonna play yeah for me it's up in the air you know no yeah. necromancer oh necromancer okay <laughs> yeah necro for fluff i'm not sure um honestly i i would um it's probably between monk or demon hunter but I don't know. Uh, it, it'll probably be a game time decision. So, what about you? I know that I, you know. I got it down. Probably monk, possibly the wizard. 
Um, I played uh, Barbarian during Tech Alpha, and then Crusader after that, and then Necromancer during Closed Beta. So I just kind of rotate, um, and and I play a lot of Demon Hunter internally. So I think I think Wizard or Monk for live. Okay. Yeah, I think that'll be nice. good. Yeah, I was already. Yeah, a lot of people on the team are really excited. Yep, I I, I remember playing. I remember when you demoed it at 18 and then playing it and, and the skill synergies were something that I was super excited about. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't know, man, there's a lot of things, but that's, it, it jumps out. Like I, I'm just rehashing and I'm kind of revisiting what I, what your comments were about the announcement and things. And I remember playing it at BlizzCon and being like, yeah, this is actually. I do remember that cool. moment from 2018 where you like, where the skill synergies were talked about. And I, that was like the first time I remember like, like there was like a stirring in the crowd where people were like, gosh, oh, you know, I'm like kind of a mobile game. But when they showed like the skill synergies, everyone like went quiet and they're like, oh, okay. Like that's actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I just saw that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think there was, there was like a, what did we show? We showed like a, was it the wizard arcane yeah, the crystal, crystal mm-hmm. that you would shoot the ray of frost into mm-hmm. and it would split? Yeah. Um, that's what I remember too. I was like, oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, didn't the monk didn't the monk do some kind of like, off jump the off the wall yeah. kick or something? Mm-hmm. Yes, and the monk yeah. can still kick off the walls, and, yeah, and it's, that's cool. it's super fun. It went through a, a long period where you couldn't click off every wall, um, and so we had to like do a bunch of work to make sure you could click off more, you know, jump off more walls. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the monk can jump off the walls, and the wizard can still split the the beam yeah. through the crystal. It is it is awesome. I I, I think that. I think people are going to be surprised, right? Like I, I think yeah. that I, I understand why some people don't may, how do I phrase this? Like, okay, I'll, I'll just say it. Like some people don't play mobile games, right? And that's okay. Um, but I also think that uh, someone who doesn't play mobile games will play a switch game. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you know, your, your phone is a, really powerful these it's days more, way more powerful than a switch i promise that <laughs> so, yeah and yeah. um and i think that right now a lot of people say oh a mobile game that's like a distraction it's like a like a like a match three or something like something that i'm just like you know gonna gonna kill two minutes when i'm in in line at the grocery store or something like that they don't think of it as like i'm gonna sit down and play a game for a couple hours um and i i think that I would love to see Diablo Immortal like change people's perceptions of that, yeah, and change how people think of that. Like, I, like you I have mean, a, you have a good bridge set up for that, though. I think the PC port that you guys in, in added is is the bridge, right? Because people that are like, I'm a PC gamer, I'm you know whatever, they're gonna play it. You know, if they're into Diablo at all, they're gonna play it. It's free to play. Why why are you not gonna fire it up? Like, so you're gonna install right. it, you're gonna play it on PC, and then once you have a good time, you're gonna be like, okay you know what, I'm going to install this on my phone. Like, that's the yeah. bridge. That's going to be the bridge that gets people to install it on their phone that normally wouldn't have, is because they've played it on PC, they had a good time. Now, the wife or the girlfriend's like, let's go shopping, and they're like, ah, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, I'm going to download it and on then my they, phone. They have those custom couches just outside Macy's. Exactly. Where all, right? the, all, yeah. all the lonely men are standing. Yeah, they're all going to be playing yeah. DI now, you know, holding the, yeah. holding the, the shopping bags. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, within my community, I, it went from like, 
maybe like 5% of everyone wanted to check it out to like 100% of everyone yeah, wanted to give I it agree. a shot. Well, so awesome. Big yeah, so that, that can you talk about that? Actually, wait. Go ahead. Was there a poll? Did we skip the yeah. poll? We oh, yeah, there were two poll. polls. Yeah. Whatever, poll, whatever. We're so excited why it was on here. Wyatt knows the, the podcast right. better than we do. Let's go. Well, no, I, I mentioned it because you tweeted out the poll and you were like, hey, now that Diablo Mortal is going to be on PC, mm-hmm. are you going to play? And I think that was like uh, uh, last week's pod or whatever, two weeks ago, two whatever. Weeks ago. You guys mm-hmm. did the results of that poll. I don't even know what the poll was this time. I don't remember, but, but you, you reminded me of that. Oh, well, yeah, but can you touch like so obviously, you know, you guys knew that like blue stacks would kind of eventually get there as far as like PC playability. What what kind of made you guys like, you know, we need to like have it on launch. What what was kind of the driving force? Uh, it was Peachild. He, he said he wanted on <laughs> PC. So, I feel like, like I said that it. first, but so put it on P- no, Peachild <laughs> was the first person to ask for it on PC. Yes. So, so we, we put it on PC for him. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Wyatt. I told everybody, nobody believed me. I'm like, listen, Wyatt and I are like this. We're like this. Guys. No, but, but, but on a serious note, um, uh, a, lot, a lot of people mentioned it, uh, particularly the content creators. Um, uh, fluff, I don't even know if it was like, like necessarily the first time you asked, but the second time you asked, I watched a, a YouTube video you put out. It was immediately after the Technica Alpha. And you were complaining about like muscle spasms Seriously. from playing the Technical yeah. Alpha so long. Do you remember this? Yeah, I mean, rank one worldwide barb. And I literally put my body through hell. I mean, how many hours were you playing? It was, I was a lot. It must a, have been a lot. 15 hours a day. Yeah. 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 And on, I. On, on your on a, phone. On my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... And, and, yeah. It destroyed and I think me. you said, like, seriously, it would be awesome if this was on PC. Yeah. And so, you know, we're like, okay, okay, well, there's there's one data point. And then, you know, we thought, oh, maybe we'll add a controller support and that'll make things better. Um, and, you know, we added a controller. And, and actually, some 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 people got controller support working even during the beta. They There's some controllers or Android software or something like that that would, like, let them use controllers, but it wasn't quite right. It was almost like, like they'd plug in a controller and the controller would use some other software to send clicks on the screen around yeah. the touchscreen buttons. And, and, and it kind of worked, but we were like, no, we're just going to add controller support. And then uh, people were like, hey, like... PC, and so you know, um, loud and clear from from the closed alpha and closed beta, people wanted the PC version. And I'll tell you one of the reasons we were really reluctant. Actually, uh, maybe I should I should talk about the flip side. Like, why did it take us so long? Is we this is going to sound like salesmanship, uh, but we really do want to produce a lot of content for the game after it ships, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in order for us to produce a lot of content for the game after it ships, every platform that you add adds, you know, development time and, and having to, to manage all that. And we said, okay, if we add another platform, that's going to add overhead to every content patch. So it's going to slow down our content pipeline by this amount, which means everyone, because of PC, everybody has to wait x percent longer to get content right um and 
where we landed was that the PC client would still look like the mobile game, right? And that's why if you like uh, fire up, like when you guys play Diablo Immortal on PC, uh, hopefully you guys are going to play. Yeah, I think you, you said you're going to play. We went through class and stuff like that. Good commitment. Awesome. Um, you're going to notice, hey, this feels like a mobile game. Right, like you're gonna, you're gonna, with within ten minutes, you're gonna be like, oh, this is like a mobile game, but I'm playing it on my PC, and it's like, yeah, that's right, it is. Um, but it's fine, it works. You're on the platform of your choice, and it still lets us develop content as fast as we wanted to before, because we're not making like custom UIs for everything. Yeah, and that this goes back to the box game design versus the live service. Like you, you grew this from the ground up expecting to be yeah. out of service you know? we know exactly how much content we want to put out after ship we know exactly what cadence and frequency we want like how often do we do something every month how often are we going to be able to do something every three months how long does it take for us to produce a zone a dungeon how long does it take for us to make a new class um, this is, this is a random thing that just that. popped in my head but and if you can't speak to it that's fine uh if you've thought about doing weekend events or short-term <laughs> events in DI. Can you talk about that if you have? Or is that Wait, what? Why, 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 uh, why was Fluffy laughing just now when you said weekend events? We, we talk me? about it all the yeah, time. We talk, like we, all we, time. We, we talk about weekend events uh, and how they don't, they're not utilized in D3, and I think that would be a huge win if they could somehow do that. But a lot of games, like people don't utilize weekend events or short short yeah. term events and i think they're phenomenal well gamers. yes we are planning events um we actually ran one test event during our beta it was called the realm of damnation it wasn't a very sophisticated event it ran for it wasn't a weekend event by the way it ran for like three or four weeks mm -hmm. but it was basically an event in that it had a bunch of extra goals and quests with extra rewards that you could do and it would only last for that month and then be gone. And so we totally have plans to do stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome. This, yeah. Um, is there so, like an elevator pitch for, so, you know, there are obviously a lot of D3 boys in here right now. Uh, they've never even maybe even looked at Immortal. So what, what can they expect to be doing? Like as you know, right now we grind greater riffs and, you know, we push the leaderboard. What, What's like just the TLDR of what's end game look like in Diablo Mortal for those guys? Uh, wow, I get to do an elevator pitch. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you feel um, like I'm on the spot. Yeah. Now, thanks. Yeah. No, Diablo Mortal, uh, it, it's an MMO, right? Uh, it, it's all about playing socially with other people. So we have a ton of end game activities that are oriented around having multiple people in your group. We've got four-player dungeons that you can do together. We've got eight-player raids that you can do together. Um, we've got a, a social group called a warband, which is that group of eight, um, but you get extra bonuses for playing together. Uh, and then we have an endgame system called the Cycle of Strife. Uh, the Cycle of Strife involves 100-person clans, and these 100-person clans are all competing with one another to try and figure out, you know, who is the dominant clan on the server. That dominant clan is called the Immortals. Uh, there's a ton of different game modes involved in doing, in doing so, uh, including uh, one point. This is, this is the coolest part that I, I think. There's a part where the, the 10 top 
shadow clans, dark clans. These are the clans that want to challenge the current immortal clan. Um, the 10 top dark clans send three representatives each to the final showdown. And the final showdown is those three top people from 10 clans, so a total of 30. They will do a 30v1 versus the immortal. The immortal player, who's you know top, top dog, transforms into a raid boss, grows in size, gets a whole new set of abilities, and basically, you know, acts like a raid boss for these 30 people. If the 30 people take down the old immortal, now they have to figure out who gets to be the new immortal. So if you die during the raid fight, uh, everyone gets resurrected, healed to full, and then a counter starts, five, four, three, two, one. And then the 10 teams go hostile PVP versus one another in a 30-person battle royale where the last person standing becomes the new immortal. Uh, so, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of endgame activities for people to do. And if, and if PvP is not your thing, we've got PvE stuff too. You know, we've got bounties, we've got contracts, we've got elder rifts, we've got uh, the challenge rifts, there's, there's all outdoor zone uh, events. If you're, if you're just that guy that's interested in lore and you want to solo play, you can, I'm sure, jump in and get some good story as well. You know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, by the way, I just realized that was a really long elevator pitch. That was like <laughs> an elevator to the yeah. top of the Empire State Building and, <laughs> and back down again. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, I, I need to work. Let's laugh at for an elevator pitch. And I kind of gave him the <laughs> slow boat down the Nile. Um, There's two things. I'll let you finish your pitch. There's, I have two more DI topics. Wait, wait, well, just to now hit. you're asking me about... Uh, I'm sorry, before I, meant, before I was joking about elevator, you're actually asking me a question, right? I don't, I don't remember. remember. Oh, I was just saying for the lore, for like the, the show. Oh, for the lore. I, I was just saying there's stuff for the, for the solo casual guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So there's a main quest storyline. The story takes place in between. By the way, hey, thanks. I just came on the cast. You guys are like saying, oh, hey, let's give Wyatt a chance to just hype his new game, which I'm happy to do. Um, uh, there's uh, Diablo Immortal takes place in between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. And you can play the whole main quest storyline completely solo uh, or in a group if you want. Uh, and there's also a whole bunch of really cool side quests as well. So as an example, this is my favorite side quest. Uh, there's a character named Vala, right? Like, like Vala is a demon hunter and she's referenced in some of the items in Diablo 3, but you don't actually meet her. And then in Heroes of the Storm, there is a hero, the demon hunter is Vala. And so actually you learn more about Vala in Heroes of the Storm in some ways than you do in Diablo 3. And so what we've done in Diablo Immortal is when you get to the zone Shassar Sea, in addition to the main quest storyline, there's a whole side quest storyline that you can do that involves a younger Vala training to become a demon hunter with uh, her mentor, Josen. That's cool. Yeah, there's that's all awesome. sorts of lore for people to nerd out on. Awesome, awesome. All right, two more, two more things on DI, and then I got another topic I want to I hit, hit you because... Like we could seriously, this could be a five hour podcast. So, and I'm trying to, to respect your time. No, Tell that's me. fine. We, we, um, I, I am at the end of my work day. I came home, I'm chilling <laughs> out. 
we'll just we'll just uh hang out and chat if this is a question this this is a big one i think specifically i know to our audience right and the question that i have this hits home for me personally how is the di experience gonna differ between somebody that's only free to play and somebody that's got these super deep pockets and swipey swipey every five minutes how can, can you just talk to that for me like explain w- what it's gonna feel like sure okay so uh first thing to remember and keep in mind is that uh the best way to advance your character is by playing the game right and so the um, purchases that we have available are meant to like augment your gameplay, not to replace it. So there's no way for someone to just like spend money and then not play the game. Um, there's also parts of the game that are explicitly, you must play the game. Uh, really big examples, your gear, um, you have to find by playing the game. Uh, we don't have any way to spend money to find extra gear. And that includes like all the legendary effects and also all the materials to rank up your items. Um, I know Fluff, you played a ton of the technical alpha, so you probably remember like ranking up your item and you would get like, you'd, you'd have to, uh, you find a lot of materials, which you then salvage and you use those materials to rank up your item and that makes it more powerful. So there's no way for money to interact with that. Um, and we don't, and also the same goes for Paragon. Paragon is a really important system in our game. Uh, Paragon increases, it gives you some, we've kind of like, like added a whole tree, a Paragon tree where you get to allocate points, um, to your character to make it more powerful. And, uh, we've also added, um, Paragon levels can boost the stats on the items that you find. So as your Paragon level goes up, the stats on the items that you find also go up. And we don't sell any XP boosts, gold fine boosts, or item boosts, or anything like that. Um, the main area um, where if you do want to spend money, uh, there's kind of two that, that are mentioned in particular. The first is uh, the reforge stones. So as you augment your item, it adds random properties. And if you don't like the random property that you got, you can use a reforge stone to reroll the property. You can get reforge stones for free through normal gameplay or you can purchase specialized reforged stones that like limit the pool of affixes that can roll on that bonus property and then the other one is legendary crests so legendary crests there's there's actually two types of crests in our game one is the rare crests and then the other one is legendary crests and uh, what a crest does is you go to do an elder rift um elder rifts are kind of like uh greater rifts from diablo 3 except the crest will add a random modifier. So if you think about like some modifiers are positive, some are negative. So a positive one might be something like cooldowns are reduced by 25%. Uh, A negative one might be like there's pools of acid all over the floor that hurt you as you're making your way through. And there's a whole bunch of positive and negative modifiers that are possible. Um, So using a, a rare crest adds one modifier, using a legendary crest adds two modifiers. And they also guarantee rewards at the end. A rare crest will guarantee you one rune or some runes, three runes actually, I think. And a legendary crest will guarantee you a legendary gem. And when people um, talk 
like i mean i i've read the messages and the forums and stuff like that people kind of like super hyper focus on that one component of the game because mm-hmm. they're like hey you know legendary crest and i think that that's not really the way that i see it i see it as like there are many many vectors to improve your character and we wanted to you know um have some things that people could buy and so we said hey let's make it this one part of the game because we know we had to do something and so the result is that it gets all the focus and the attention Um, but i think it's important to remember that there's like so many different ways to advance your character that's just a fraction of your character's power level is that what you're saying yeah and and the other thing is that we never stop you from playing like, mm-hmm. like you can always play the game and advance your character and get Paragon and get items and farm set items. And all of those have to be done through regular gameplay. Got it. Yeah. There's no like, hey, you're out of energy. Buy some more energy systems or something silly that you see right. in a lot of games. Yeah. Right. right. You can just farm loot um, as much as you want. Awesome. That's, that's the question that I think a lot of people, that's going to be one of the big ones, you know? Yeah, and I guess kind of like, I mean, I guess to just answer your question directly, so that has like a lot of context. Mm-hmm. But the biggest difference is going to be uh, somebody who spends more money is going to have better legendary gems. And somebody who wants to be free to play, they'll still have legendary gems. And we actually took feedback from closed beta where people said, hey, it's the free to play, it's a little hard to actually get as many legendary gems. We actually buffed it since beta to make it easier for a person who doesn't spend money to get legendary gems um and but i mean the majority of your power actually comes from all those other places like if you have a bunch of legendary gems but you don't have the gear and you don't have the paragon it's it's useless yeah got it awesome the last thing i the last thing i wanted (laughs) fluff can you throw the clip up from the pod yeah oh boy What's this? this? Okay. I, we're just going to watch the clip and then we'll talk. You guys won't be able to hear it. Okay. But. You won't be able to hear it though, Wyatt, but you'll know. You'll see it and you'll know what it is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for doing this to you. Gotcha. And we're ignoring the fact that you the Apple Immortal comes out in a few weeks, by the way, guys. That's not right. okay. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Pixel. Okay. But but for those of you who are hanging on. And we're ignoring the Sorry, fact that Sorry, was I talking during it? Because I, I can't hear it, but I... Yeah, hang on. Let me mute myself. Two seconds. And we're ignoring the fact that Diablo Immortal comes out in a few weeks, by the way, guys. That's not a game. We're going to play Path of Exile. But yeah, so Chris Wilson basically says, we're ignoring the fact that Immortal's coming out in two weeks. It's not even a game, basically, is what he says. So this is... Thanks, um, Chris. Yeah. I just, I just... Thoughts? Like, you know, what do you... Yeah. So actually, so fun fact... Um, I didn't see that when it aired because it kind of aired in the middle of the day and I was working, but I got an email from Chris and, uh, the email from Chris, gosh, I wonder if I could pull it up. Um, let me just, just the people know, I asked why it, it, if I was, I didn't throw him under the bus right now (laughs) because people are already Um, assuming that. I'm. Yeah, but no, no, it's, it's fine. I should actually, I should have just. You know what? I won't quote him direct. No, here we go. Here we go. 
he anyway, he basically wrote me an email and said that he he, he apologized. He said he tried to make a joke um, about how people are watching should play Poe instead, um, and he he basically said that he he regretted saying that. And and he would he just wanted to apologize. And he said, "Hey, can you extend my apology to the team?" So I forwarded his email to the team. Um, and, you know, I was I was sitting there thinking, you know, it would be pretty hypocritical for me to uh, be upset at someone for saying something publicly that they later regret. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I mean, there's uh, is, is no hard feelings. Um, I I I like Chris. I think he's a cool guy. We've actually met up a couple times to nice. like talk and chat at GDC. Um uh I think back in like 2014 or something like that, we met up at, in San Francisco and had breakfast together and like he's a really cool guy. Yeah. Um I think that um there's a common perception uh from players. It's almost like I don't know, like Okay, I'm not a sports guy. I'm going to make a sports analogy, which is super dangerous when I'm not a sports guy. But none of us are going to be able kind to follow of imagine. It. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, you, you kind of like imagine that like players on rival teams don't like each other, but then you find out that they they do. Like maybe they even went to college together, or like they you know team swaps and stuff like that. So like even with like professional rivalries and stuff like that, like the industry. A lot of us are, you know, friends with one another and we, we want each other to succeed. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's totally cool. It was, I it think, was nice I of think, Chris to drop that note. Yeah, it wasn't there's necessary. context behind it too, because I know like he talked about cyberpunk dropping during one of the league launches and that decimated his numbers or, or would have or, or something. So I think there's context that the PoE community understands that a lot of people don't as well. Like I think his joke was even aimed at that, but you know, it out of context, it just seems like he's being mean. But uh, anyway, I think I, making making games is really hard. Um, talking publicly without ever messing up is really hard. Oh yeah, it's impossible. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's not even what we do primarily. Like you know, my main job is a game developer. Chris's main job is a game developer. You know, we happen to do these other things as well. Um, mistakes are made. Um, it's all good. I, I would still love to, you know, see and hang out with Chris again next time. Thank you. Hey, before we jump off of the immortal subject, is there, uh, do you have any, any behind the scenes stories, tad bits, anything that, that you wanted to, to throw out? You don't have to, if you don't have something off the top of your head, but I figured, you know, my, this is a good opportunity to any development stories or anything that was funny to share, you know? Uh, if you don't, then probably just... the biggest is like COVID, right? Like, mm. oh, I mean, yeah, who true. hasn't that affected, right? Uh, that was not yep. expected when we started the mortal. And I don't know how COVID has affected you guys, but wow, my like, life 100% in the office. Yeah. And then now we're like making a game through COVID. Um, it's, it's been challenging, but you know, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you get like really good experiences. Um, Working online too, like being able to screen share and stuff like that is, um, you know, like like collaborating with friends or like sometimes you're in those big Zoom meetings with like 30 people and people can chat and people are like, hey, actually, in a lot of ways, this is better than meeting in person. So yeah. um, I don't know if you guys have those experiences. 
I, I actually personally, for me, it, it's been life changing and I, I love it. Like, I, you know, I don't love COVID, but I love where, where I've ended up working from home and not in the office. Um, it's been a great work-life balance. And to be honest, I'm more productive than I was at, at the office too, because I, I don't, I have a hard time shutting it down. Like I, I feel like I'm kind of almost always on, but at the same time, when I, I, I can take breaks in the middle of it, you know, like I'll, I'll work for an, a couple hours and then I'll take a little break and then I'll work for a couple hours yeah. and take a little break and I'll just do that. But it'll be 10 o'clock at night and I'm still answering emails sometimes, you know, and it's like before it was like, once I left the office, I was done. Like, you know, I'm, I'm checked out until the next day. So uh, it's, yeah, that's a weird thing. It's like, it's harder to maintain separation between work and home when yeah. you're home, right? Do you use yeah. the same computer for? I do. Well, a different machine, but the same desk and it all routes, you know, I just switch inputs on the monitors, right? You so, have like a KVM? Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, and I have yeah. four, so I can put them wherever I want. So I usually have two working and two play and, you know, whatever. So it's so. just, it's too easy to answer work emails at 10 p.m. Yeah. You'll see it come in and you're like, it's 10, but I know the answer. Hold on. You know, and then you just shoot it off. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of like you were saying, like you were actually working right before the pod, you know? So that's, that's what, uh, that's why we scheduled this pod a little bit later than our normal start time is because, yeah. and so, do you have time zone issues? Like I, I deal with that personally a lot with my office is like, I'm working with people around the world now. And it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes they're like, it's midnight for me right now. I'm like, Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we're, um, I mean, we're, we're developing Diablo immortal in partnership with netties. Mm -hmm. And so our 6 PM is like their 10 AM or 9 AM. I mean, it changes actually based on daylight savings. Cause we have daylight savings, but they don't. So yeah. it's, it's like nine or 10. So, so yeah, sometimes we, we start a meeting at five or six and we, we chat with them and, and then, and then that's the end of our work day. That's uh, Pez radar actually, um, who? sent me, uh, <laughs> I know who's Pez radar. Yeah. Pez, who's that I don't, guy? I don't know you guys this disavow. He, he sent me actually, he, he found the email for me. Um, I won't read you the whole thing, but you know, the very last thing that Chris said, it was really, really sweet. He said, um, I hope your launch goes really well. You guys have worked really hard for a long time and I can't wait to play it. So nice. Um, nice. I play PoE, you know, he, yeah. he'll play Immortal. I think the world needs more good games. Uh, there's a term sometimes people use, frenemies. I don't know if you've heard that. Sure. I don't know, it's a made up word. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, the companies are competing, but the developers are often friends and, and yeah, I'm glad that he'll play the game. I think it, I think it's I think it's silly to assume or even expect that people don't play each other's games. You know? Oh, like right. Yeah. I mean it, there's it's so crazy many games it's like, out there. A, they're fun and good. Like just more than one company can make a good game. And two, like you're you you also want as a competitor, you want to see like, you know, you, yeah. you don't think that Pepsi tastes Coke and like, ooh, this is pretty good. Let's <laughs> yeah. like, what? How do they do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you'd never think that a movie director doesn't watch other people's yeah. movies. You're like, oh man, ridiculous. the way he filmed that scene was amazing. I'm gonna steal that when I do my movie. You know, like it doesn't make sense to me that that there's this big misconception that oh, you know, like Blizzard employees could never play Poe or or whatever Grim Dawn or whatever game. You know, I've got one more immortal question actually. Uh, were there 
like big lessons you guys learned from Diablo three that you were able to kind of correct in a mortal? Yes. Okay. I have one I love to say because it actually means a lot to me. I tweeted about this too, but in case people didn't catch that, I'll repeat it right here. Um, I regret the way skill runes played out. Mm. So in Diablo three, you get these skill runes. Um, I kind of go into a lot of detail on the Twitter thread. I won't, I won't um, beat a dead horse here, but basically giving people all those runes as you level up. Uh, I don't think it played out very well. Mm. Um, you don't use most of the runes. Like, like you get like, what is it? Like 20, 21, 22, like each class has 21 to 25 skills in Diablo three five rune modifications plus you have to have the unruned skill but who uses unruned skills right. so there's all this like design yeah. and art that goes nowhere it's like and so you're talking like 120 ish skills that and, and people use like i don't know 15 on their yeah. level up experience what a waste mm -hmm. right if that, yeah. um we should have made all of those legendary items it should have just been a skill and then we drop you some legendaries and the other thing about making them runes is all the runes get compared to one another because they would have to, the assumption is that they'd be equal in power, right? You can't have one rune be better than another rune because you're going to be choosing from all of them, which is also weird because one of them unlocks at a higher level, which maybe kind of sets the expectation that it's better. Otherwise, why would you switch to it? If they're legendary items, you could just say, hey, this one you got early, it's common, it changes, but you know, it's not as good. This legendary you know rune effect power is more powerful we could tune the numbers up make it more rare and say that's what you find later and you upgrade into um and so that's what we're doing with diablo immortal yeah diablo those, immortal day yeah. one i said no skill runes we're going to push all of it into legendary powers instead that's awesome i actually agree with that and then you could you can also make skills that aren't used just up the numbers on the legendary effects or have the effect make like you know hey this skill hasn't been used in a long time next season let's put a new legendary out that uses that skill or something yeah totally like like the rune system said every skill has five runes and it's like well some skills don't deserve five runes right mm -hmm. and and so that that was a little weird i mean we kind of stretch a little bit i think i mean the example i mean okay in retrospect i think it turned out fine but at the time People were like, why does teleport need five runes? And then like, oh, well, here's a really cool rune for teleport that makes it so that if you use the skill within three more seconds, you go back to where you came from. And it's like, well, who uses that rune? No one, right? But mm -hmm. like we had to have more ideas for the teleport rune. If they're legendary items, it's like, okay, how many cool teleport effects can we think of? Three, great. There'll be three teleport legendaries. We're done. We don't have to make more. Some other skill needs eight legendaries because you have so many cool ideas for it. Great. We can do that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm going to switch topics on us. <laughs> you, uh, All right. you started. This is where Fluff's going to zone out. He's gonna oh, you're talking about WoW? Oh, this no. is for oh yeah. <laughs> Why you started, are, are you at one point were on the WoW team. Now, you know. I'm a, a avid World of Warcraft player. I love it. Yeah. Thirty thousand. Yeah, we talked a plus. little bit on the side, actually, about yeah, about wow, yeah, about wow. So, all right, give me, tell me, tell me about how did you get on the WoW team, and and you know, just tell me some some stories. Tell me some experiences there. Yeah. Um. So I mentioned that Blizzard North closed down. 
Um, uh-huh. That was like circa 2004, 2005. I don't remember exactly. And they offered jobs to people to come down. Um, I told them, I mean, I was playing World of Warcraft at the time, but kind of like not super hardcore. And I told them my, one of my favorite, all time favorite Blizzard games is Starcraft. I want to work on Starcraft and Starcraft two was being made at the time. So they brought me down and I got put in Starcraft two, about two weeks in, they say, Wyatt, we know we told you that you could work on Starcraft two, but world of Warcraft is really taking off (laughs) and and we can't make content fast enough. We need you to head over there and make some raid bosses. And I was like, you got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I was like, sure, let's do it. Let's do okay. it. So, um, oh, by the way, um, I wanted to work on Diablo 3, but um, they wanted to put together a team first. You know, I mentioned before we needed a, an art director. We needed a new game director. We hadn't hired Jay yet. We needed, um, and we needed a bunch of stuff in place because we had to staff up the Diablo 3 team again. So I was kind of like looking for stuff to do while waiting for the Diablo 3 team to get up and running again. Nice. So I went to World of Warcraft. This is um, after Blackwing Lair. Okay. That ship. And I don't know, is it fluff? this is all just going over Fluff's head, like Blackwing Lair, what's that? Um, <laughs> so so Vanilla basically had a couple of raid tiers, right? They had Molten Core first, mm-hmm. Blackwing Lair, Zul'Garub came out, yep. uh, and then there was AQ-20 and AQ-40. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I got brought over. They said, hey... <laughs> Can you help out with AQ20 and AQ40? So I worked on raid boss design for both. I did some of the trash as well. Nice. Um, and then I worked on Naxxramas. And then I did some stuff for Burning Crusade um, on AQ20. Do you want the specifics? Uh, you I don't, don't have to. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'll nerd out and talk WoW all day. So as much as you want to share, but... In, okay, in let me give you the one minute summary. Okay. We'll make it... We'll make it uh, I, yeah. Yeah, we'll make it one minute. Uh, I did Brew the Gorger in AQ20. That's nice. Uh, AQ40. Did you have, did you ever raid AQ40? I did. I did all. I've done every raid in WoW. So yes. Do you do you remember? Oh, okay. Here's a fun story. Do you remember the Anubisath Sentinels that were at the very entrance of AQ40, where they had these different powers, like a ring or a meteor? And what would happen is when one of them died, they gave their power to the other three. Mm-hmm. I do actually, yeah, and yeah, it was random so, too, right? Wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So that was actually an idea that we had for monsters in Diablo. So <laughs> okay. you know how, like in Diablo, you have champion monsters and rare monsters with affixes. Yep. So we had this idea at Blizzard North for what we called set monsters because we're like, well, items have magic and rare and legendary. And monsters are magic and rare and legendary, unique. Mm. How about set monsters? Kind of like set items. And the idea was, oh, well, what would a set monster do? Oh, maybe when you encounter a pack of set monsters, uh, imagine that you're playing Diablo 3. I'm just going to translate the whole thing into Diablo 3 terms. You come across three set monsters. One of them has Molten. Another one has, you know, Desecrator. And another one has Frozen. But every time you kill one of them, they heal the other two and give their affix to the other two in the group. Mm-hmm. And then when you kill one of those, then it 
shares its affix and heals the third. So that was actually an idea that we were playing around with for Diablo 3. And so when I was doing trash for AQ40, I said, oh, we're going we're gonna to do that. So, um, right. so you just let me into another worked. question. Who, yeah. who came up with Juggernaut? And can we slap <laughs> Yeah. Wyatt, listen, please say it wasn't you. Like, just, just, just say it wasn't you. You don't have to tell me a name. Just say it wasn't you. Was it Frankie? I bet Frankie. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Everything it was team you, Wyatt. Oh my gosh. Come on. You know, you know, okay. Here's the, okay. So for <sighs> juggernaut, the main, here's the main problem with juggernaut is that you, uh, won't take credit for juggernaut. Um, uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> you're like trying to trap me. This is terrible. <laughs> um, no, we can, we can the, leave the problem with Juggernaut is that you're really, really, I think Juggernaut is actually a pretty cool idea in general for a game that was in a CC heavy environment. So like in that Juggernaut, there's like a bunch of things that, oh my God, this is, okay. Oh my goodness. You're going to make me have to wind up. I, I got him in the hot seat. So, it's okay, Why You don't have to, you don't so have to justify at, No, it's fine. At the time that we were releasing Juggernaut, uh, the meta was about perma seeing yeah, I remember monsters. Yep, definitely. And I think that in a different context where you couldn't skip packs completely, that mm -hmm. like there's kind of a couple of problems. One, we we didn't fully expect that people were just gonna opt to skip the pack completely. In retrospect, we should have realized that. And the second is that we didn't fully account for the fact that around the same time we also made a bunch of legendary properties that allowed you to do way more damage to CC'd enemies. Like there is like that Crusader one where if the, if the enemy is blinded, you do triple damage. And then all of a sudden now, well, I can't blind them. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe the best solution should have been to say, well, you still get to do triple damage if the blind effect is on them, even though the monster isn't affected by the blind. Um, I don't know. Um, Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, but anyway, uh, sorry about juggernaut, uh, <laughs> but the Anubisaths, um, yeah, those were basically set monsters. Um, anyway, I did, uh, uh, now fast forward, uh, I said it was going to be a one minute summary, but then I started talking about set monsters, but I, I thought you'd be interested to hear yeah, the album cool. reference. Um, I did Prophet Scarum. Um, okay. I did Fancris. I did twin emperors. Yeah. Twin uh, yeah, yeah. Twitter, that was a fun fight. Yeah. Um, did you, and then you did later on, you did patchwork, right? Too. Yeah. So then next Ramus, right? So after AQ40 um, was patchwork. Uh, sorry, was next Ramus. And uh -huh. in next Ramus, I did all of the all of the um, all of the Death Knight wing. So I did patchwork and I did Grobulus in the Plague Wing. These, okay. by the way, I don't know if they called it that publicly, but those are our internal names. We had like yeah, no, they, they did. Death they Knight call it, wing. They call it Plague, Plague wing. wing. I, I think okay. Did. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean when okay. you say that, though. So I think they. Did. Yeah, I didn't do anything in the spider wing. Um, I did. Uh, you know, like I think the first boss, Instructor Resuvius. So that. Okay. Um, yeah. And then um, Gothic the Harvester, and then the Four Horsemen over yeah, in four the. Horsemen was awesome. And then yeah, cool, awesome. Yeah. And then on the um, uh, other wing, I did Patchwork and Grobulus. And then what was that? What's the what's the last wing? I know I know up above there's saffron and then KT. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the fourth that. wing. I'm not thinking of. No, it's been it's been way too many years. 
Oh my goodness. Google will save me, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool though. Patchwork is still, uh, you know, I don't know what work you did on patch, but he like that became the iconic damage check, you know, like that's, that's yes. the tank and spank damage check boss. And that term is still used in wow today, you know, like today it, it, it's like, they'll describe things like it's patchwork and, and that and you right. know, that means it's a tank and spank and you gotta have, it's a damage check. Like you better be able to, yeah. pump, you know, yeah. You want to nerd out on patchwork a little bit, by yeah, the way, sure. I looked it up real fast. It was Lothab. Lothab, by the way, did not turn out the way I wanted. Uh, Lothab was, is the last boss of the plague wing and his whole stick was that, um, so, so at the time, um, in reflection, um, a lot of my design at the time was playing around with tanking mechanics. You know, if you think about like, like you kind of mentioned this, like, like tank and spank, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the fights that I designed at the time were really kind of like, in retrospect, they were exploring like, what does tanking mean? And so like twin amps is like a tank switch. Boo, the gorger. Um, has no tank, right? He kind of just fixates on people. Yeah. Um, Four Horsemen has a bunch of tank rotation stuff. Um, and then Lothab was a experiment on, okay, what happens when healers can't really heal? Um, and everyone just kind of does these consumables instead. Yeah. Um, so for Patchwork, um, Patchwork actually came from a bunch of us talking about, um, you know, how we have all these boss mechanics that we're trying to come up with. And I think it was actually Kaplan. He came up and said, hey, Jeff Kaplan, uh, uh, who was the lead at the time of, of the Encounter Design team, he said, you know, back in the EverQuest days, there was this boss. Did you play EverQuest? I did. did you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did not. Okay. Um, but, but, but Jeff said that there was this boss called the Avatar of War. Does that mean anything mm -hmm. to you? Okay. So, so Kaplan said, "What well, you know, we, we make all these complex mechanics for our bosses, but back in the EQ days, you know who the scariest boss was, was the avatar of war. Cause all it would do is walk up to you and beat your face in. And that's all we have to do. And so we said, you know what, we're going to do that. We're going to make a, a boss that just does that. Um, and what happened is I made patchwork, but we ran into a problem right away which was we could not have, we couldn't emulate that EverQuest experience because uh, even when Patchwork was doing tons and tons of damage, the healers were just healing through it. They were just woo, woo, woo. like, like when, when the boss is only doing damage to only the tank with a rate of like 13 healers, you could still keep um, the tank up just fine. Mm -hmm. So that's where uh, we came up with the hateful strike mechanic where he will actually or patchwork will actually rotate his damage among four tanks because we're like the only way to stress out 13 healers is to just do massive damage to four tanks at a time yeah um and that's that's and, then, and it and turned then out to be put, like a little bit the rage timer in there too i believe it's been a long time since i've done them but he had the rage timer too which is where the dps check yep. came in yeah it's like yep Actually, you know, it, so Next Ramus actually had a lot of firsts. Um, yeah. Next Ramus was the first one to have like a truly like aggressive and rage timer. That mm -hmm. again came from this. It was inspired by that Avatar of War to say, "Hey, we want DPS to matter." Um, I yeah. mean, Ragnaros kind of had a DPS check as well. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you had like two minutes, and then you're another phase. But like, 
you're just running out of people. I can't I can't remember the rag fight enough to know, but there was a total DPS check on rag as well. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but we said, nope, let's make another boss with an actual DPS check. Um, yeah. because people were just kind of like there was there was like some people who were theory crafting, oh, you can basically beat any boss with 39 healers and one tank, it's just gonna take two hours, right? Yeah. But we're like, no, you're gonna have a DPS yeah. check. And and that just kind of like said, hey, DPS checks are really good for testing DPS later on. Yeah. So I, I think um, it's really cool you had standard. your hand in that because to me he's one of the like one of the most memorable bosses and he's one of the most mechanic simple bosses there is. But it's just like, all right, boys, I, I just remember like go go go, we almost got him, push push push, and then yeah. boom and rage timer, and you're like ah, oh, and we're so close, you know, to getting. Well, here's so, a question: Was your first kill before or after the enrage timer? I mean, some people like enrage started and people are like shooting oh, off frost probably after yeah like he's smacking yeah. people and killing everybody uh -huh. yeah but. And he's running up and down the hallway yep yeah uh, so, yeah, yeah yeah that was just a good time a kill yeah yeah so. cool well like i said i could talk while all day i know a lot of the audience probably doesn't play it so um <laughs> i you know fluff was pretty ecstatic about that so that's like me listening to him talk poe for a couple hours all right <laughs> uh that's all, man. That, that's all I had for the games. We can, unless Fluff, you had any other questions you wanted to hit? If not, we're going to jump into the uh, Fluff hates, P-Child loves, slash Wyatt hates loves. I don't know if you have something you want to contribute, but um, sure. what do you got, Fluff? What are you hating on today? Um, a couple of my real life friends. So I uh, was just okay. down in Mexico. We did like a guy's trip. You're already lying. We don't have friends. You know. True. Uh, we did like a guy's trip down in Mexico and last night I had like planned this like it's kind of like an exclusive place and I got us all tickets and these are like expensive tickets and you can't like go buy on the internet these tickets you have to like know someone and I couldn't really figure out a good way to describe it to them so it's like a it's like a beach slash jungle rave almost is how I described it and so two of the guys at towards the end of the trip it's the last night of the trip they're like, oh, well, it's not really our scene. So, like, we're not going to go. And I'm like, wow. Like, I, to me, I don't really understand that. Because, like, you know, like, why why say no? You're in a different country. You're just like, going to sit at home in the Airbnb and just not go. A little close-minded. But anyways. Uh, and then third guy was like, well, I'm here. Kind of that same mentality. He's like, it doesn't sound like my scene at all. But I'm going to go. And so we all end up going. And he's like, this is, like the coolest thing I've ever fucking done in my life. Like you explained this terribly and you know, the other two guys ended up not experiencing it all, but like, I guess it's just that that's my fluff. Hey, it's just like, you know, have an open mind. You know what I mean? Like brand new stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, for, for me, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you wrap the segment up. Why? Cause I'm sure yours is probably going to be more interesting. Mine. No, my mine's loves, not going to be interesting. <laughs> I, um, so I finished, I, I have a couple. I, Fluff and I need to do a movie pod because we, we both <laughs> like to critique movies. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I saw Doctor Strange. I don't know if we've talked about that on the pod since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Did you? The multiverse? You a, yeah. Are you a Marvel movie fan, Wyatt, or no? I, uh, I do watch a lot of them. Um, I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan. Okay. And yet I've watched, <laughs> yet I've watched all of them. So of them? what does yeah. that mean? Right. I yeah. don't know. Uh, it was, a, it, you know, I, I'll, I'll save my critique for a couple more weeks. Uh, we can hit it in case somebody hasn't seen it yet. 
But I did finish Halo. I finished the Halo series uh, on Paramount, and I actually liked it. I mean, you know, of course, it wasn't perfect. There were some things that I'm like, why did you guys do this? But um, I liked it, man. If you guys haven't seen the Halo series and you're into sci-fi stuff, check it out. It was uh, it was pretty cool, pretty cool. And um, and then on top of that, uh, I finally broke. I, you know, one of the perks I have from working at Microsoft is I, I got my hands on an Xbox Series X and I haven't played it. It's been, nice. sitting, on, been sitting on the shelf for, for months. So I hooked it up the other day and, uh, you know, threw Game Pass on it. And I was like, OK, man, there's a bunch of games on Game Pass. I'm like, let me try some of these out. And I've been I've been having a good time with it. So I don't know. cool. Enjoying the Xbox. What I just got? got Game Pass myself uh, a couple months ago. There was like a promotion yeah. on Discord. Where if you had a Nitro subscription, you could get some uh, Game Pass, and so I signed cool. up, and I was like, "This is cool." Yeah. yeah, it is. It is a pretty cool service. I even tried their cloud play feature recently, and it was like not perfect. But yeah. if I wanted to test a game, it saved me from downloading a game before, because most mm-hmm. of the games you can download or cloud play, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, this this could maybe be cool. Let's check this out, and I cloud play it for ten minutes, and if it's good, then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna download it. If not. I played uh I played Forza that way. Um yeah. cuz I didn't want to download the whole thing and I was like, oh, I'll play yeah. this. Yeah. And and it was it was it was fine. I mean, it gave me a sense of 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 the game. And I'm yeah, not really sure. into driving games, but I was really surprised. Like you'd expect like I don't know, in my head I'm like, "Oh, I'm sure that, I'm sure the latency is going to ruin the game and it's yeah. not going to feel responsive." But I was like, Okay, maybe if you were trying really hard, but I, I kind of feel like it's like, do you remember when like CDs first came out, or MP3s first came out, yeah. and people were like, oh, it's like 44,000 hertz. That's not quite enough. You know, quality, I, yeah. I'm going to be able to tell it's not as good. And it's like, no, you can't. Like, maybe if you're a total audiophile, you can tell. I, I feel like, yeah, I was, I was really impressed by Forza and, and the cloud play. Forza's fun. I actually play that game a lot. You're dating us, by the way, by talking about CDs and MP3s. You know, I'm just it's not that long out. ago, is it? What, like I, two, three years ago? No, we're yeah, we're old, Wyatt. CDs? That's like <laughs> our parents talking about eight track players in their cars and stuff. You know? so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, or, I mean, I, maybe I should be saying, oh, remember when there were DVDs? Yeah, remember? Do you remember Blu-rays? VHS? What? Um, yeah. Oh, cool. So, uh, uh, sorry, I think I. Might have cut off your, your segment talking about Game Pass, but what, no, what did you I was, love? I was, I was gonna ask you if you have Game Pass recommendations, like what you're um, playing on, on Game Pass right now. Halo's on there if you're if you're looking for a, a the, you know they have the uh, campaign on there if you're into shooters at all. Um, Forza I think is fantastic, but I'm a car guy, so you know. Um, and then I don't know, man. I, there's honestly so many things. I, there's Final Fantasies. Um, Minecraft Dungeons is on there. If you want, you know, Fluff and I checked that one out when it dropped. <laughs> um, it was simple, cool. but you know, there's a lot. Yeah, I, I played Minecraft. I, I I didn't have Game Pass at the time, so I I, I bought Minecraft Dungeons. It was a good mm-hmm. couch co-op game too. I played that with a family. Yeah, it's cool. I oh. it, I think it's a good it's a good introductory ARPG for kids. I think it could help. You know, kind of. Oh, this is this is what ARPGs. And you know, at a basic level, can be. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, let's jump. Wait, into we, we didn't hear why it's hates, did we? 
he has to oh. do a hate? Why, yeah. Why it's loves? Why it's why loves? loves? Oh. Oh, why I, I'll loves. answer your hates. It's Chris Wilson, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I, uh, I love the excitement before a game launch mm. um, yeah. as a player. As a player, I mean, do you guys, um, I guess, I, actually, you guys should tell me, also, okay, okay, it's, it's Wyatt Love, so let me do me first. Um, I, I love, like, planning out how I'm going to play, you know, making sure I got the kitchen stocked. Yeah. Thinking yeah. about, like, like, like coordinating with my friends. Um, we dropped a blog this morning listing all the names of the servers. So you're like, you have to, like, talk to your friends and find out what server they're going to be on and all that stuff. I don't know, there's just a lot of excitement. So, um yeah, I'll, I'll, I would say I, I love the excitement that surrounds a game launch, um, but I guess that one's um, I guess that one's very, very like let me let me let me let me actually back up and give you one that's not about like Diablo. Um, uh, I love podcasts. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts actually. Nice. Uh, I listen to podcasts. What'd you say? I already said nice. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were like. <laughs> making fun of something no. um no i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts i uh um uh who am i listening to right now a lot uh oh my goodness uh lex friedman i don't know if you guys ever heard of the lex mm. friedman podcast um man i i'm like just really falling in love with the lex friedman podcast that's so, so good yeah. you kind of jogged my memory my brother turned me on to audible have you have you ever listened to books on audible oh, like before? books on tape yeah, um, I, I, I didn't think it would be my thing, right? Like, you know, I, I, I've read books in the past, but I'm not an avid reader. I don't like read a book or two a month, like a lot of people are even more. But um, our brother was like, check this out, check this out. And I'm like, dude, I don't think this is my thing. Like I was straight up like, I'm not really interested, man. And, you know, and he's he kept pushing me. And then so I had this work trip last week where I had to, you know, fly, you know, fly and travel and do all this. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have some downtime you know, let me, I was like, all right, I'll do it. What I want a sci-fi book. Like, give me something good. Don't screw this up. This is like your one shot to hook me on audible. And he's like, okay. So he, he told me to, to check out this book, this book called, um, uh, project hail Mary. It's a sci-fi novel thing. And so I, you know, I, I'm like, okay. So I turn it on. I listen to the first chapter or two. And by the end chapter one, I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if this is my thing, but end of chapter two, I was like, done. All right, let's go next chapter next chapter next chapter and so i nice. i did this whole thing and it, it's like completely this isn't my thing but it turned out that i actually enjoyed it so pretty cool i have done a couple books on tape or or audible oh, i guess they used to see i'm dating myself again books, yeah, on, books tape. on tape what's that <laughs> uh audiobook um i think it depends a lot on who it's being read by i tried to I do agree. a game yeah. of thrones as mm. a audiobook and I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, not to mention, you know, there's all these names of oh, yeah. places and people. And I'm just like, whoosh, like, forget it. Um, but then I, I, I recently listened to a book called Atomic Habits, which I borrowed from the library. So I don't do Audible, but I, um, my, my wife actually pointed out that uh, the public library has audiobooks that you can oh, sign up. That is cool. Mm -hmm. you can just, yeah. You can do it on your phone and and just like use I use an app called Libby or something like that. And you can basically say, "Hey, I want to sign up to the public library," yeah. and you it's and it's free. So yeah. that's what I do. It's it's pretty cool. The well, the reason I bring it up is is just like I, I he's been telling me this for years, and I've been like, "Dude, I'm not 
that's not my thing. Like, I'm good. You know, like, leave me yeah. alone. Stop bugging me. And so I finally gave in. And I was like, you know, I'm so, I, I was like, you're right. I was wrong. This is pretty cool. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you, do you listen to stuff while you're like playing Diablo or WoW or whatever? Like, yeah, but it's hard you... for me to focus on it though. Like, if I'm listening to like these audiobooks, it's like yeah. I, I want to pay attention to the story and then I stop. I'll stop working. I tried to listen to it while I was working. And then I found myself not working. I'm I'm literally yeah. just listening to the book. So yeah. usually when I when I play a game, I just throw music in the background, you know. So or or like you said, like you can throw a stream or a pod or something that's not as intensive. Yeah, yeah. Where, it, where it's like it's okay if your mind blanks out for Wander, a couple yeah. couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Whereas if it's a book, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you have what to just rewind. Happened? rewind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, why? What's your go-to snack for like an opening night of a game? You know, you're gonna be going hard. What are you uh, on? Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Okay. Yeah. You? Oh, man. I mean, depends on what, like, if I'm dieting or not. <laughs> if I'm not, like, there's a whole <laughs> group of things I would eat, but. I mean, say, we'll say not dieting. Give us the good stuff. Yeah, like, gotta have uh, some pizza delivered. You gotta have, like, dark chocolate Kit Kats, maybe some mint chip ice cream, the Twizzlers filled twists. Those are fantastic. Frozen hot dogs. You made you made me eat a Twizzler filled twist before. They're not bad. Yeah. Um, we already know. It's oh, you know what? Right? Actually, you just reminded me one of my favorite new meta podcast episodes. Can you guess? I mean, you, we got we're going to talk about snacking here. <laughs> that have you guys ever heard of something called the Death Nut Challenge? Oh my, oh my god. god. Let's not like where Pete Allen almost died. Yeah, I, I, um, I almost that. died. Like I'm not. I'm not joking. I really think I would have died if I ate that last one. I do you think you would have had I, some I really do. I, sure. I 100%. I was legitimately I was worried, for sure. I was legitimately worried. Like, if we weren't on the podcast and I wasn't worried about, like, you know, I, if we were just non-live, I would have been, like, call an ambulance. I probably would have. <laughs> so, it, looking, See, I, looking I wasn't back, worried because I was watching the recording on YouTube, so I knew that you were alive. I yeah. knew you yeah. made it. Spoilers. Peach out. My lives. wife was. Okay. I, I realized my wife was a savage that day too. She yeah. was like, "Why didn't you finish it?" <laughs> yeah. Half of your face isn't working. She's like, "Yeah, you should have done it. You should have done it. You should ate the last one." She's like, "I've never taken you on a challenge show." I'm like, "Good. I don't want to go." Oh, when you said that she's a savage, I thought you meant that she ate the fifth nut or something. No, no she she was like giving me a hard time because I didn't I didn't do it. She was like live. She was watching live and she was like, "Eat it." Like do it, and like you know, <laughs> calling me a a wimp in not so nice terms. So no, nope. I'm like, listen, you don't understand. Like they don't, you don't understand. No one stuff. understands. It, yeah, it was oh, it was so funny, insane. My son was gonna buy it and like ha do it with his friends. You know, he's like, after he watched it, he's like, oh, I want to do that. I'm like, no, like no, you don't. I'm, <laughs> I promise you don't. Oh. I don't know. I feel like I want to. I like spicy food. So oh, man. Now, I do too. Hey, well, do listen, content. if you want to do Death Nut Challenge 3.0 is out now. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll film it. I'm not gonna participate, but next BlizzCon or something. Episode we'll, 200. Uh, we can make that happen. So hey, what do um, you what do you what do you snack up on? What do you snack hot up dogs. on? Me? Uh, no, man. So if it's game night and I'm not dieting or anything, like Fluff said, I I'm I'm a subway guy. I I know it sounds what? really I love Subway, man. I get a okay. big. I, I'll go to Subway and I buy a couple subs, a couple footlongs, and yeah. I'll throw them in the fridge. Like what, like meatball club, 
No, not club. Just the, just the club. Just like a, a subway club. Yeah. And then I just yeah. grab it and just munch on it. Mm. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I can get behind it. that. Yeah. And then pizza is always a good one too. You know, it's nice to have a, have a, have a pie. Um, yeah. We're going to jump into some Twitter questions. If you guys. Do you want to hit the polls that we never hit? <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah let's do it. Let me pull them up. Hang on. You guys ever go to those, you know, there's like a bunch of new pizza places where it's almost like, like a Chipotle yeah. type where they, like you, you ask them to put the toppings on and then they cook it in like six minutes right. and it comes out. Have you ever done those yeah. places? Yeah. Like a pizza bar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not definitely yeah, not as good it, as the real it, thing, but. Yeah. It's, I love it. it. Right. Oh, my wife and I have been doing that so much. Like, like during COVID, that was like one of okay. our top go-to places if we wanted, if we wanted something. Yeah. That yeah. We, we have a, a specialty st louis style pizza that i grew up on so i love it so it's that's awful. what's a st louis it's pizza it's, it's called emos but it's like a thin crust pizza listen let like me describe this pizza. Like it's, it is it's amazing i can only describe it as like a saltine cracker and they sprinkle like it's not even real cheese it's it's a powder that melts. no it's provel it's a real cheese no it's not a it's real provel. cheese it's provel listen is, is you, not the cheese that over, goes on when emos. you came over i bought some and you ate like a whole pizza dude listen i loved it but he ate a whole pizza. There's so much home. better pizza okay. in the world. Anyways. No. Uh, but yeah. One the, of these days I want to do a pizza tour. Yeah. Just go to all the different cities and try all the different pizzas. Uh, so new meta podcast from two weeks ago. Uh, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Sentinel expansion for Path of Exile? Option one. Oh my God. Poggers. Option two. Meh. Option three. No balance updates. WTF. And option four. Dog shit is. And coming in, at, oh my God, Poggers winning at 33.8% of the vote with Matt just behind. Barely squeaking out that W. P, I know you've played a ton of Sentinel. Yeah, the Sentinels don't really do a lot for the leveling experience. It's kind of weird because Chris, you know, acted like they would. I like but, that Wyatt uh, Chang is probably infinitely more like experienced in Path of Exile than a co-host of an ARPG be. podcast. He develops ARPG. You I'm are a co-host on an ARPG podcast. You should know. I don't write the code for All ARPGs. Right. All right. So, so wow. wait, wait. It, was that sarcasm earlier? Have you played Sentinel League? No, it was. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I, I haven't. I, I, I've played a couple leagues of PoE. Um, it's, it just isn't my thing. I, I don't, I understand why people like it. But it doesn't hook me enough to make me want to not play other games. Like basically WoW. Yeah. Like you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I could play Poe right now, or I could play WoW, and WoW still wins for me. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you tried? I, 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 I like it though. I don't think it's a bad game. So. Hey, you don't have to convince me. I'm 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 happy to say that WoW is a great game. Rooting for the home team here. So yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what? So what? What were your thoughts, Fluff? If you voted, what are you voting? Um, so I played a lot. Um, I, I mean, I think if you spec the Sentinels to just like have one or two, it's a lot better than like having all three. Cause like the third one where you're buffing elites and elites are like crazy overpowered this patch anyways. Uh, it's kind of mad, but the currency is insane that you get from them. And it's just like a, it's the easiest league to to implement and to to activate because you just like you hit a button while you're in in the map so it's like it's easy um uh, i have a question yeah. i have not been able to follow really closely okay um i i would have played sentinel league because i was interesting and i actually haven't played poe since they did the map rework 
with the you know the 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 map trees and stuff, and I really want to. But things have been really busy with Immortal, mm-hmm. and since Sentinel League came out, I've been just playing a lot of internal Immortal and stuff sure. like that. I'm really busy. But when I kind of like talk to my friends from you know ten thousand feet away. There's a lot of talk about that the affixes being like some of them being too challenging or something like that. Like what what's the story there? What's yeah, going on? so the last league was called Arch Nemesis, and that introduced like you know what you'd think in Diablo three, like you've got arcane lasers and like there's basically all these new elite affixes uh, that you would like kind of craft yourself. It's kind of like metamorph, but like more. Uh, so basically what they did this patch was like hey all the elite affixes that you remember uh are those are gone now and now the arch nemesis mods are the elite modifiers basically uh and so those weren't quite balanced (laughs) when the league went live um they were insanely tough during the campaign they had like like way more health than they should have and some of the like gimmicks of the arch nemesis like weren't quite worked out so they, they a lot of one-shot mechanics and stuff like that um and yeah i mean they've did if i think they've already done like four or five balance rounds and so like now it, it doesn't seem like they're that big of a deal as they were but there's still things you have to look out for that could one-shot you yeah. um but i cool. think people are just so used to, it's like it's almost like you know in d3 if every elite pack was like you know not an elite <laughs> Basically, like, you know, you wouldn't really think of elites in Path of Exile before. Like, you'd just be like, oh, that guy's going to have a little bit more health. But, like, you never really worried about that much. Right, right. There'd be a pack and you just kind of, like, yeah. make your way like, through okay, it. Yeah, cool. Kill them and not even realize they were there. Right. Uh, now it's like, oh, okay. Like, what does this guy have? It's very D3 in that regard. Because, like, D3, you, you run into an elite and it's like, okay, this guy's arcane lasers with, you know, cold Nova or whatever. And you have to like plan for that. And so now it is kind of like that in Path of Exile, uh, which I think is a good change. I just think they were way too strong coming into okay. the, the so game. So it, it's uh, like like a good intention and with a couple extra balance yeah, iterations, I think they'll it'll get probably it. be in a better place than yeah, before. I think so. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like a good change. Yeah. You have, uh, you have a poll for next week? I do. Week? Topical? It is. You made a podcast question of the week. What class are you starting in Diablo Immortal? And of course, we are limited here by the Twitter. Uh, we can only have three options. So Barbarian oh slash... Oh my goodness, you're doubling know, up right? the options. <laughs> That's all I can do. Barbarian slash Crusader, Necromancer slash Blizzard, Monk slash DH. I'll tweet that out and you guys can vote. It's crazy that Twitter only has three options. I know. Still. It's five. I think it's five in total, but it's still like we're going to be short. Yeah. So... Awesome, awesome. All right, we're jumping into Twitter questions now. If you guys want to submit questions to the pod, you can do them in our Discords. Message us at Twitter. Um, or, yeah, that's the, the ways. I've handpicked some. We got a lot of questions for Wyatt this week, so I know okay, cool. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't include all of them. Um, so if I didn't pick your question, I apologize, but... I did want to do a mix of topical game-related questions and then some that were more just like IRL-focused kind of things. So, um, but yeah, that's awesome. The response was crazy. Uh, The first question comes from Infernal Odin, um, and he says, what new things are they implementing to stop botting in Immortal? And I know 
that you're probably not going to be able to give us specifics, right? But I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts? Any anything that you can share on your your opinions or, or views on botting in Immortal? Um. I can't talk about like I can't really speak to like specific initiatives for stopping botting. Well, I mean I can and I can't. Um I, I would say that our philosophy in general is that the main problem with bots is when they affect the gameplay experience of the non bot like the le legitimate players, legitimate right? Players, like yeah. and I guess I just like thought experiment if there were a million people botting but the game was identical to you does it really matter mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um and the reason i say that is because like you also have to be careful of like false positives if you know we try to do some bot detection and then we catch someone who's actually a legit player who's just maybe playing an unhealthy amount or something like that right <laughs> so um so that's why we we try to figure out okay how badly is this affecting an ordinary person and so from that point of view we actually have made a lot of changes in immortal um uh, since it is an MMO, you see other people in the outdoor world. Um, the outdoor world, uh, we we shard the outdoor zones. So when there's too many people in a zone, um, kind of make a copy of that. Also, a lot of the incentive to bot comes from the ability to try and trade things to other players. There's no um, direct trade in Diablo Immortal. So I think that like severely limits the incentive to bot. Mm -hmm. And then I think... Uh, you know, sometimes people talk about like Paragon in Diablo 3 as a bad system. I don't know that it's inherently a bad system. We could talk about that all day, I'm sure. I think part of the problem is um, when people bought it a lot. Um, in Diablo Immortal, there's what we call the World Paragon system. Have you guys heard about the World Paragon system? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we have, but you can yeah, explain right. it for the audience right. because they didn't get to play beta or see these see the things probably. So. Okay, so imagine that the world Paragon, like basically after you get to max level, you start, you're doing your Paragon system. And world Paragon starts at zero and then goes up by two every day. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Um, and if you are lower than the world Paragon, you get a boost to your XP gain that helps you like catch up with your friends who are playing way more than you. And if you are higher than the World Paragon system, then you actually get reduced XP. And one of the side benefits of this system is it reduces the incentive to bot. Because, you know, ordinary players can totally, like if you are, like even if you're like kind of a, you know, a grinder, you're playing for eight hours a day, um, and the bot's playing for 24 hours a day, you're not going to be meaningfully behind and in fact if you're playing really well and playing really smart and really skillfully you might even be ahead of the bot that's playing 24 hour a day with your six to eight nice 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 um e-ray says how do the dev teams at blizzard cross-pollinate do you talk to the mmo godfathers at wow to find what worked and what didn't with gameplay decisions um a lot of it is um, organic through relationships. Um, some of it's formal through knowledge shares. So um, it's been a lot less since COVID. That's one of the downsides of COVID, I'd say. 
But um, prior to COVID, you know, it was pretty common to, you know, even grab lunch with someone on another team, right? Because that was a thing that you could do. Um, we also have something that we call slash learn, um, where people will put together a presentation to share knowledge and learnings, and they'll do a presentation that other people can see. We've actually done more of that since COVID because we could do that virtually online. Um, so, so some of that's preserved. Um, and then we also, yeah, you just like... Honestly, these days we just explicitly set up um, meetings to talk with, you know, one another. So I'll have uh, like a one-on-one -on -one meeting once a month with other game directors and other teams, whether it's you know um, Joe Shelley over on Diablo Four or Aaron over on Overwatch and so forth, and we can talk about like what's going on, what challenges do you have, stuff like that. So and that that kind of sharing happens at at multiple levels too. Um, people get to know people on other teams and we share share that way too. Awesome. Um, Moon Moon says, do you think there's going to be streamer servers similar to Feralina on WoW Classic? So if you don't know, mm -hmm. I'll explain in case people don't know what Feralina is on Classic. Um, when WoW Classic dropped, a lot of the big streamers went to Feralina, which is an alliance, uh, and it made the server heavily alliance-based because the streamers played alliance characters. Uh, but that's kind of known as the streamer server. I personally avoided them, even though I did stream a little bit. Like I, I didn't want anything to do with those streamer servers. So uh, I'll, I'll hand the mic over to you. What do you think about streamer servers, and think that's going to be a thing? Um, I will give you, so your guess is as good as mine. So I'd actually love yeah. to know what you think. I um, think, yes, personally, I, I think, you know, yeah. let's just say Asmongold decides to play, right? Like yeah. whatever server he goes on is going to get a huge influx in people because they want to play with them. They want to troll them. They want to help them, whatever, whatever your t affiliation is to him. And, and he's just one of, of many, you know, he's got buddies that'll probably come play with them too, if, if they choose to. So. Uh, I would say yes. Me personally, if I find out that they're on one, then I would avoid that server uh, just because, you know, like at least with WoW, I, I don't know how it'll end up playing out with DI, but with WoW, like I, I don't want, you know, any downtime, yeah. That craziness that, that follows those guys. So. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's going to be streamer servers, Fluffy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just bound to happen if if any big person decides to play, like everyone wants to get on that server. I know uh, that, like you know, you guys have a lot more experience with that than like somebody, like you know, like this is something that Lost Ark really struggled with. Uh, but you know, it's Amazon Games, and they yeah. I, they don't really have a lot of background in this, like I, Blizzard does. This is something that happened to me on Lost Ark, right? Like, I, you know, I don't know what your knowledge or experience is with it, Wyatt, but when Lost Ark dropped, um, they got flooded. You know, it, it was like super successful launch, right? And they got flooded with people trying to roll new characters. And Fluff, I was like, Fluff, what server are you on? And he tells me the name of the server, which I don't even remember now. And when it, and I, I loaded up when it went live, it was full. I couldn't make a character there. I'm like, okay. Right. Man. Oh, right, wait, well, you didn't get the early access, right? No, I didn't, right? I, yeah, I thought about so it, on, but I didn't. On the launch day, they shut down access to the Those launch day, the, yeah. the, the early servers, yeah. the pre-servers, yeah. Yeah, 
and, and so then it got worse though, right? So then I'm like, okay, well, I'll, not re realizing that, like, we can still do some end game activities if we're in the same region. So whatever, we'll figure it out, or I'll re-roll once they open them back up, you know, which which is a he huge headache. But I rolled the character, and then I'm literally in Discord with a buddy of mine, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna roll on this server. It's open. We can make characters because we just wanted to play, right? Yeah. I make my character. And I kind of sped through the character creation process because I was like, I just want to get in, right? And my buddy's over there like, oh, man, man, do I want blue hair or green hair? Oh, look with the eyes. So it took him an extra couple minutes. Like, he didn't spend a lot of time, but it took an extra couple minutes, right? And so he hits create character, and it's like server full. Couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So then Wait, we that happened out. in the time that he was yeah. in the time, character? In the time he's making his character. Uh and so we oh. we backed out and we're like okay this server is opened and then we couldn't even get characters made so he ended up not even being able to make a character for like the first 12 hours or something that it was live and i i just leveled up without him so then i ended up on this random obscure server by myself my community scattered i had a bunch of people that were from you know my stream community and and the new meta podcast that were going to play with fluff and i on our server on ulna i think was what the name of the server oh, yeah. and um and uh they, we just, they scattered, man. Like once, once they couldn't get on the server and their friends were all over. So it was a huge, a huge thing. And it also happened to me with WoW Classic. When WoW Classic launched, um, Bloodshed and I were actually going to make a, a, on the same server and kind of get our communities together and stuff. And then last minute he swapped servers because the queue times were too long. You know, yeah, he's like, I, I, I can't sit in these queue times. And my, a lot of my community was the same thing. I'm like, they're like, we're switching. And I'm like, I already got, and like, I've, I've committed, you know, I can't drop now. So it, it was a horrible thing. So um, now this, this might be kind of derailing a little bit, but, you know, have you guys thought through these things or do we, you know, like, is there going to be character transfer in DI or can I, can I group with somebody on a different server? You cannot group on someone with a different server. Um, the main reason for that is because um, sort of like World of Warcraft Classic, we like the idea that people kind of develop server communities and you mm -hmm. get to get to know the people on your server. And, and, and we believe really strongly in that. Like um, that. We are considering server transfers, but it won't be available at launch. Um, we've, okay. we've talked about like trying to support server transfers. I don't know, way in the future. Well, it, it's definitely like we don't have like a strong philosophical objection uh, at it other than not not right away um you know based on everything that you've told me um i i guess i guess some sort of streamer servers is, is unavoidable uh yeah. it sounds like it's just something people do like if i want to be on the same server as a streamer that i watch a lot then that's where i'm gonna go yeah um, we do have a whole bunch of servers that are going to be available on day one and uh, we'll add more servers as necessary um, our engineers actually showed me, hey, here's here's how much capacity we've planned for on launch, but here's how many more we have, you know, waiting if we need to open extras. So awesome. um, let's hope that, that that's enough. Um, but, the, but you know, there's technical challenges there. Like there gets to be a certain point, like like you have like your data center and you have like a certain amount of servers that you you have in that data center that that you're, you know, renting out or whatever. Um, I don't know what the right term is, but yeah. apparently, this is what the engineers tell me, is there's some point where uh, you can't ask for any more machines in that data center. Mm. And yep. so then you have to like set up a whole, and then that, okay, so then the question is, okay, well, do we, 
No, but anyway, uh, yeah, maybe I, I'm not reason, the right person yeah. to talk to for all the details, and um, so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to That's see. Cool. But we do I, I think capacity the, planning the, for that. Yeah, the the hardest thing for you guys is probably capacity planning, right? Like you have to be prepared for the capacity. But it's a new launch on a new platform, kind of. You know, like this is a whole. This this to me yeah. feels like a new venture, more like with what with wow to play game. Yeah, yeah. For a while, they know what they're going to get, right? Like, like they have historical fifteen years worth of data at launch. These are our peaks. This is what we hit. You know, I would at least I would assume, like I'm I'm assuming here, but they're going to have all this data. But this DI, this is going to be new for you guys. This is new territory. Yeah. So. I mean, we do have the um, uh, the thirty five million pre registrations, and so That's crazy. we know yeah. like. And we know what regions those pre-registrations come mm -hmm. from. So that kind of gives us a little bit of a hint and helps us out a lot with the capacity planning. Um, also, I don't know if you saw, but um, preloading on PC went out today. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I did. You, can, actually, you, right, you can start preloading. There you go. So, so we can see, well, how many people are preloading. That can be a good indicator of how many people we're going to have on day one as well. So, so there's some hints that we have. Um, so hopefully that'll help. Um, there's one thing that might help with the streamer problem or not problem, but the streamer server. I mean, I guess we yeah. call it problem, um, which is that some streamers want to be on the same server together. Like you mentioned, you and blood want to like, maybe you want to make content together. Maybe you want to make a, a dual stream together. Maybe, maybe you and fluff would want to like run some dungeons together for a, a, yeah, a, a for dual sure. stream. I don't know. Um, and so then you want to be on the same server as other people, but then because of the immortal system, right? Um, maybe every content creator wants to be able to make content as an immortal. And so it, there's some incentive to be on a different server than another streamer sure. because, yeah. you know, there's, there's only one per server. Yeah. So I think that, that, that does act as a counterbalancing force to like provide a reason to be on your, your own server where other streamers aren't. Can we get a Path of Exile streamer queue so that we can just get right in? I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> well, that's assuming we're not going to get straight in. I think, you know, I think Bliss is going to have it. I, I have to point out for, for Chris, if he's watching, <laughs> Fluffy said that, not me. <laughs> I, I, I would, um, I, I, you know, I have faith. Like the last, the last couple of Blizz launches I've, I've been witness to have been pretty good. So Don't jinx you know, it, P. I know I'm jinxing. I'm setting you up, Wyatt. I have faith. Um, let's see. The uh, next question we have comes from Hex. He said, uh, "Wyatt, you're stuck on an island. You only get to bring one movie to watch over and over for eternity. What are you bringing?" The hard one, we'll, Fluff. We'll go ahead and answer it too. He directed it. At yeah, Wyatt, you guys but... should answer that too. I mean, I know I had Wyatt in there, but that sounds like a question we could all answer. Yeah, mm. one movie. Mm. I, Fluff and I have probably answered this at some point, right? Um, I mean, my favorite movie is Social Network. Really? Okay. What? Yeah, because it's there's so it. many layers to it. One, it's like obviously a great dialogue, but two, you know, as an engineer, I can appreciate it. Three, it's like the start of social media, which is kind of like you know. Some would argue like the beginning of the end for society. So I think that uh, in so many levels, it's a pretty fascinating movie. Have you guys seen the uh, the new Chippendales Rescue Rangers? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Uh, my, um, my, I, I, I don't know that I would have heard of it. Oh, it's got like, um, 
John Mulaney's in it with um with uh, who's the other person that's in it with him? Uh, Sa- Andy Andy Samberg is that am I getting the name yeah. right from SNL? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, they're 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 Chip and Dale, and it's actually it's not like a, a young cartoon. It's actually like targeted at older people. Okay, and it's just got like a ton of. I only mention it because I'm like, hey, if I'm gonna be, I'm not even. By the way, I'm not even picking this movie. I was, it was like, <laughs> I was like running some like movies in my head, and I was like, well, actually, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers has like a hundred different characters and that like I, I definitely thought hey if i watch it again like it's almost like you know each time you watch the movie you, you notice something that you didn't notice the first time or a character you didn't notice the first time so uh anyway uh, i'm not plugging that movie right now i'm just just thought i'd ask <laughs> I, I don't i don't know if i have one i i guess it's hard like any movie after a couple times is gonna get old sure. um just pick your know, favorite man. movie What's your favorite movie? Well, I don't know if it's my like Lord of the Rings is a great story. So can I take that trilogy? I mean, I could watch that a couple times, sure. I guess. But after the fiftieth time, of course, I'm like this. I'm I'm done. So, I don't know. There's a movie I, I love. It's it not very well known. It's called The Shadowlands. It, it's super obscure. It was like was, anyway, a good wow wow expansion. Wait, what? That's that's true. I didn't wow. even think of that. Why it's like time. I'm bringing the WoW expansion with me? Oh <laughs> uh, no this this movie was an Anthony Hopkins movie. It was Anthony Hopkins and Deborah Winger, and they it's a story of it's like a a biographical story of C.S. Lewis, and um I don't know that's, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. I'd, I'd probably pick something like that. Okay. All right. Um, Coda says. Uh, Wyatt, do you drink coffee? If so, black or do you put creamer in it? Uh, I, you and know what? Coffee. Go, going forward, by the way, from now on, I mean, I, I guess you're reading the questions out. If it says why, but any of us can answer it, you should just <laughs> like, hey, well, they, they already know that hey, we, drink, we, we drink coffee. So, oh, okay. But, but I'll, um, I guess I'll, I'll answer. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I used to drink coffee and then I actually cut caffeine out about a year ago because oh, okay. it was giving me all sorts of bad headaches. I actually miss caffeine a lot because I think it's super uh, cool, but you know, good when you're yeah. like trying to focus and stuff like that. But man, the headaches, I couldn't take it anymore. Wow. So now I drink decaf. Uh, if I go to Starbucks, I get like, you know, a, a latte with almond milk, decaf, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I drank coffee. I, I don't, I, I don't know why I started drinking coffee. I've gone through periods in my life like you, why, where I quit. There was several years where I stopped. Um, I drink it now and it's more just like a, like a treat thing. I probably drink a cup of coffee every day. That's not much, okay. like just like a single mug, but it's, yeah. uh, it's more, it's more just for the, like a, the, enjo- the taste it's more. So There's a nice than, ritual to it. To yeah, it's, oh, yeah. yeah, it is. It's part of the, it's part of the ritual, right? It's part of it. Like. Hey, I'm making breakfast. I'm gonna make some coffee, and and then I sip on that one cup all day. Like I drink cold coffee, which people think is savage, I guess, but I don't care personally. So, yeah, that's what I do too. My wife drinks her coffee like she just drinks it black and dr- downs the whole thing in like five minutes. Yeah, and I'm just like I I can't do that. That's, if my my wife only drinks it if it burns her mouth. I'm like it, you drink it so hot. I don't understand how it, you can do this. It has to be like scolding hot and um. Otherwise, she won't drink it. It's, I don't get it. I'm like, I used to drink bad my coffee like pee and just like load it up with sweetener and all that 
garbage. Mm-hmm. But when I went through my breakup last year, I you know I already had a nice car, so my midlife crisis purchase was a espresso machine. Nice Best thing I ever bought. Like I like you just become like a you know like a connoisseur of good coffee, and so I make my and like and like you said the morning ritual. Every morning I'm I'm waking up and I'm like excited to like make my latte because it's so effing good. That's the game awesome. changer for me was the air fryer. I don't know if either of you guys have purchased oh, an air fryer yet. Oh man, I you, you have one of that air fryers. Yeah, are you, a game changer. You know, like it, it, if you don't have one, you don't know. But once you get it, you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is like should, this, is, just, this should be the air fryer podcast. <laughs> it's life changing, isn't it? It really is, though. Yeah. It changed the way I cook. Like it really yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys know, so 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 the general manager of the Diablo franchise is Rod Ferguson, right? Mm-hmm. And he does a thing at work where, like, because here's the thing is, is he oversees basically, you know, hundreds of people spread uh, across the country and even beyond, right? Like there's some people who are in New York, Albany, and there's people who are in California and people who are like all over the place. And, and to, I think as part of his goal to like, get messaging it out, but also to be like more relatable and to help people get to know him. He hosts, uh, basically we call it the Rodcast on <laughs> Thursdays and you can turn in, tune in, uh, for an hour. Uh, I kid you not. There's been at least three Rodcasts where he talks about air fryers, um, because they're so amazing. They're life changing. Yeah. Yep. I have neither. I'm looking over Fluffy has a, a, a look on his face like we're talking about. If wow! You, like, I just I'm don't have you, either, so I, I if don't you know. get an air, like, you need an air fryer. Ask like, your, what is the number one thing you guys make with both of those? Uh, you can make anything. Chicken, thigh. chicken. Yeah. chicken. you can chicken. anything you would get, cook in the oven. You can cook in the air fryer. It's faster and better. Like, just uh, get chicken thigh with the skin on. Okay, and then you air fry that. And the skin just goes like super, super crispy. Okay. Toasted ravioli. You, you know. Oh, that yep. sounds good. Toasted ravioli. Uh, you ever get um, you know uh uh, what do they call it? The 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 Asian dumplings, um, like pot stickers. Have mm-hmm. you ever had those? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I haven't done those in the air fryer, but those are. You good. can air fry those, and they come out like yeah, like deep fried pot pot stickers. Wow. Yeah. It, cool. Yeah. So next time, fluff. Like for Christmas, your mom's always like, Fluff, I don't know what to get you for Christmas. Give me an air fryer, mom. All there right. you go. Like, Agreed. and you're going to be like, thanks. Thanks, V. Yeah. Um, You'll thank see. us. Yep. Uh, where were we at here? Uh, Aker says, uh, if you guys could visit any fictional place for a day, where would you go? Fictional place. Fictional place. So, fictional place. Video game land or movies or books or whatever. I'll go to Sanctuary. <laughs> sanctuary? I wouldn't want to go to Sanctuary. Man, I make oh, do I get to be a Nephilim when I visit Sanctuary? <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know. Hardcore mode or softcore? What are we playing here? Because you died seven times. All right, chill out. This season. Oh, wait. We're not talking Still about Still rank one. <laughs> um, hmm. I'd I'd want to I want to I don't know man I go to the Matrix dude I want to like plug in and be Neo for a day that'd be pretty pretty badass pretty sweet that's my pick that's my final answer why well, I think what do you got? uh I would visit 
What's what's the land in in um, Breath of the Wild? Hyrule. Yeah, Hyrule. Yeah. In Breath of the Wild, that'd be yeah. cool. Okay. This is it's pretty. Yeah. Nice. Hopefully, the less fatal parts. Cannon's castle. Okay. You, what did you say, Fluff? Uh, sanctuary, dude. Sanctuary. Okay. Um, Elias ninety eight says, uh, I think this is directed at you, Wyatt. But he says, do you have a favorite fictional character slash superhero? And we can all answer too. But are you are you a comic book geek by chance? No, same answer as the Marvel. Like I look at a bunch. Well, okay, so I, I, I'm, I, my my background as a designer is like systems, and so when I was young, even when in my comic book days, <clears throat> Marvel had this uh, comic book series called the Marvel Universe. Do you, mm-hmm. have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. It's like not even a comic. It's like an encyclopedia. Mm. It's like an almanac of superheroes. So that's what I read. Um. Favorite hero? Uh, I always liked Mr. Fantastic. Okay. Like, with the stretchy limbs and yeah, stuff he, like that. They, they, did, you know, they just cast um, uh, John Krasinski from The Office or, you know, all the other really? guys. Really? He, he was... Oh, yeah, that's cool. He, he's him, and they're going to make a couple movies with him. So really? I thought it was a pretty cool Fantastic choice. Fantastic Four they, movies always do really well. Yeah. Well, he was he was in Doctor Strange, Fluff. I know. So. Oh, actually, I, I want to change my answer because I I totally forgot. Do you guys remember? Did you guys watch the Netflix Jessica Jones season one with Kilgrave? I didn't. I I know what you're talking about, but I didn't. Played by David Tennant. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's best villain. Okay. Oh, yeah. My favorite. Uh, fictional hero. My superhero is Batman, but character in general, I think, is Joker. Honestly, from Batman, I'm a I'm a big Joker fan. I just I don't know. He doesn't have crazy superpowers. He's just an an evil madman, and I I just like the things that they can do with him. Okay. Well, the first book I read was Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm a big Same Witch King of Angmar fan. Yeah, sure. my, that was my jam. How cool was it when you saw the movies, Fluff, and he flew down? the dragon and just like smashed yep. his mace and, and like broke Gandalf's shit yeah, that was that was awesome dude yeah such a good scene that's it guys that's that's all the oh, questions one more. I put one on more. the docket there, oh yeah there's one more uh all right. the this small... is the most important this is the most no, 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 important question more. In the this night. is a real question <laughs> okay i asked a small time streamer uh quinn 69 his question he asked will there be any head start for diablo immortal uh, what does that mean? Head start? Like, like, well, if you prepay, can you start before everybody else? Or if you pre-order, is there any kind of... No. Okay. No, no. Um, so the game will be fully launched on uh, June 2nd at 10 a.m. And we put this in the blog, and actually I guess this is worth mentioning, is that um, the way that the game rolls out, like it was just a... Um, PC, then we would like flip a switch, right? And it'd be out. But we have to coordinate with Apple and Google as well as, you know, the Battle.net platform. And we can't like flip a switch and have that all go out immediately. So um, 
we put this in the blog, but the Apple and Google um, stores will start to roll out Immortal uh, uh, on June 1st, actually. So um, I, I guess people will see it, maybe? It, it depends. It, it's hard to say for sure, because that distribution is handled by, by them. Yeah, okay. it's a lot more frustrating when, when you have to deal with the. Th- I say frustrating, not in a bad way, but it's the same for when you release game updates to Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo and all that, too, trying to coordinate all that as well. I imagine it's a pain. I mean, that's just the reality of, of how the platforms are, are built. And I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not complaining. It's just, it's just, okay, yeah. that's how it is. Great. Well, yeah. That's how it is. That's what we'll do. Uh, yeah. This question comes from me. Okay. Bacon or sausage? I'm sorry, what? Bacon or sausage? That's simple. Skin or sausage? Bacon, bacon or sausage. Bacon oh, or bacon. sausage. Bacon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I knew I knew you were going to ask this because you ask this a lot for all your guests. <laughs> Every guest, yeah. And I always think, yeah. Uh, no, it's for me. It's sausage for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Why you broke no, tradition? No. I was batting. The, I was batting a thousand. I had never lost. Finally, someone with some IQ that we've had on the podcast. Oh my god. He's just kidding, Fluff. He Ooh. meant to say bacon. He meant to say well, bacon. Well, here's the thing is, 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 I don't know that that question's totally fair because like bacon is one food, but sausage is like a whole class of food. Exactly. Like, like, like I would never say like, hey, like what's better in orange or vegetables? Like that, Exactly. That's, you're, that's ridiculous. You have a you're, getting, you're getting breakfast. Brain. You're Why getting breakfast and there's a tray of bacon. Or there's a tray of sausage. Which one are you picking? Oh, oh! I'd still get the sausage. I mean, my oh my God. I tried to even set it up. <laughs> I tried to set it up to where he'd pick bacon, and he still let me down. There's like, there's, yeah. I don't All know. Right, well, you're you're banned from the podcast. No, you're not welcome back. <laughs> no, he's welcome. You know what I was getting you I, uh, Have you ever had Korean barbecue? Of course, I have not. I haven't. Oh, okay. Uh, and when you go for Korean barbecue, you can get like pork belly, which is kind of like bacon, but really, really thick cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that's the best. That's really good. Right. I will agree. All right, that's okay. I'll take I'll take one one loss. I still have like fifty wins, so it's okay. I'm still up. <laughs> Although I was really rooting for you, Wyatt. Uh, that's <laughs> it. No, uh, that's cool. I'm glad Fluff finally got a win on that. So. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. It was awesome. Hey, thanks for having, having me. You. Yeah. yeah um, it was nice to chat. I wish uh, we should have done this sooner. Yeah. I, I agree. We'll have you back again sometime soon, I hope. So maybe, uh, you know, once your schedule frees up and our, you know, you have some some more things to talk about Immortal on. But I'd love to, to get you on for that and then just yap about other things as well. So. Cool. Awesome. Uh, where can we, where can the viewers find you? I mean, I know there's so many questions that I had that we didn't even get into, but uh, you do uh, stream a little bit. You're on Twitter. Like, uh, tell uh, tell people where they can find you and and all those things. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I am at Candlesun. Um, I tweet mostly about I don't know, um, not that often, but sometimes I guess in bursts. Um, I game jam a lot. Um, that's probably one of the main things I like to do on, on Twitter is talk about, about game jams and game development. Um, I stream some of my game jams, um, twitch.tv slash candle same as my, uh, Twitter handle. Um, awesome. 
I don't stream very often. Uh, it's like two to four times a year. Um, and I, I try not to stream uh, Blizzard games. I just stream like game development in Unity, um, which I just kind of do for fun on the side. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. You guys want to catch more of me? I am the P Child on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all the places. You search the P Child and you'll find me there. Yeah, I'm Lord underscore Fluffy, double those underscores on the Twitter, and we'll see you boys next week. Thanks again, Wyatt. Peace out, dudes. Thanks for coming on.